This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. You know what? I recognize the sound at the end of that song. Caution and Killers. There's something about it that just sounds so beautiful. I like the melody overall. But it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, U2's Bad. At the very, very end there. I don't know what it is. A little bit of that guitar and a little bit of that synthesizer reminds me of the beginning of of Bad, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. The Killers uh, can do that kind of uh, inspirational, non-schmaltzy rock better than just about anybody now. Uh, This is in 2020. Lindsay collaborated with the Killers on their studio album, Who's Lindsay? Lindsay Buckingham. Oh. Uh, that guitar solo that you like at the end of that, it's Lindsay Buckingham. No way. Yeah. I, did, I just found that out as well. Okay. So he worked with the Killers on this record, and uh, and he is the guitarist on on I love Christian. Lindsay Buckingham. By the way, I was going to talk about something else, and we probably yeah. will, but I, but I will bring this up real quick since you mentioned uh, Lindsay Buckingham. Um, uh, the Dreams yes. thing. That's, that's Stevie Nicks did the thing. Mm-hmm. Stevie Nicks, Stevie Nicks jumped on and did that, and so did Mick Fleetwood right. and a few others, and uh, I missed it. I, I missed the whole You thing. saw the original, yeah, though? Yeah, eventually, after it was already gigantic. This is the video of the guy on the skateboard right. uh, singing a part of Dreams. I mean, it's a, was a 10-second video, and yeah. all of a sudden it, it kind of exploded, and I was like, I don't know. I don't get what the big deal is. There's, but anyway. there's so much of that stuff now yeah. that pops up every two minutes but that one, it's easy to miss out on those things. One thing I do like is the fact that there is some renewed uh, interest in Fleetwood Mac. Yes. Uh, which I think is really cool. I, think, I just yeah. watched the uh, the dance the other night, the um, the, the live. Um, oh, I con- love that. That is a great concert. Uh, film, I guess you call it, or whatever it is, but it's a, it's an incredible performance. And I forgot that um, Courtney Love is in the audience for that. She is, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was two nights in L.A. I think it was ninety seven or ninety eight. Yeah. Steve, that they released that. It's a it's a great live DVD and, and CD as well. Um, and it's cool to see the whole band uh, still vibe together. And, and they've kind of you know fallen apart since then because Lindsay left the band and they've uh, Christy McVie has been in and out so many times, but. Um, uh, I love that live record. So the guy's name is Nathan uh, Potica, who did the uh, uh, the skateboard, the original video. And I guess he was just, you know, he just posted it. And, yeah. And it took on a life of its own. He, like, mm. didn't do it to get a uh, viral reaction. But sometimes you never know. You don't know what's going to take off. He and... now has a home in Calabasas and a $30 million. <laughs> well, and, but now he'll be thrown on the pile yeah. right, of all the other 10-minute sensations. And there's a ton of them. And there would be more. There yeah. W- there will be more, and these will come and go, and someday, you know, it's his 15 minutes, but that's that's a lot of time. Very rarely does one turn into career, you know, or something that yes. really... not everyone's a PewDiePie. ...goes the distance. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part, it's a flare-up. Right. And... Dude, you better grab it while you can. Yeah. TikTok Gra- is... Get whatever money you can out of it as quickly as you can because it will be gone before you know it. You're Marissa. so right. Marissa? Did you see that Ocean Spray gave him yeah. uh, a whole like year supply of juice yeah. and a car? Oh, a and a car. car. And a car. Yeah, the, there's a pickup truck that all the juice was inside of. That was part of the gift as oh, well. Oh, wow. For real. reals. For real. Uh, maze balls. But it, it has uh, had people revisiting or discovering Fleetwood Mac's back catalog, the chain, and Landslide are now both on the Spotify U.S. chart and across all streaming services. Fleetwood Mac songs were up 68%. I love that band, and Stevie Nicks is a giant. She's unbelievable, her talent. 
Yeah, she's uh, everybody was great. Yeah, man, it's they're very impressive. You look at the makeup; they're one of those, really one of those supergroups of like the Eagles or yeah. the Beatles. You know, these this group of people managed whatever paths they took in life, brought them together, and then boom. A little bit different though, because they were they were kind of chosen and. As opposed to the Beatles, which were just guys that kind of grew up in the same town and they yeah. made a band and they were incredible. These were kind of handpicked here and there and some shuffling around in the lineup. But eventually it landed on the right magical people got For together. That rumors album and, was, oh, yeah, was exploded. Masterpiece. And then at one point they were all banging each other, which yes. <laughs> makes me think it'd be a really good uh, movie at some point. And know? they did obscene amounts of cocaine. Yes, they, they did. did. So um, good for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Keep at it. All right, so cocaine is very good. The other thing that... Oh, no, that's very bad. I'm sorry. If we've learned anything, cocaine is great. Yeah. No. (laughs) I think we learned it's bad. We always learn the wrong lesson. Another thing that kind of went viral the other day, but not to that extent. This was just a a tweet about a beloved card game. Uh, Uno. And I know you hate Uno. I do hate Uno. You pretty much hate all... I do. I do. Uno was one that was foisted upon me a number of times. I tried again. Try it again. All right. All right. And uh, it's one of those things I could just, I just, and I know it's my ADD. I don't blame the game itself, but it just bores the F out of me. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's not your thing. Yeah. It's not my thing, man. But I, I've played a gazillion games. I'm into Uno. My Mm -hmm. kids, um, day before yesterday asked me if I wanted, they had some friends over that were, you know, doing some school work and uh, asked if I wanted to play and I, I had some work to do so I couldn't do it. So kids are people still play Uno right. quite yeah, regularly. It's a very popular game. I don't remember ever pulling this. Okay, so Uno recently reminded people on their Twitter about a rule that nearly everyone seems to ignore, and people weren't all that happy about it. Yesterday, Uno tweeted about one of the rules that many people seem to be ignoring, so much so that it has become an official, unofficial rule where everyone knows that you can do it, though it's not mentioned in the official rules. And so the tweet from Uno read, per management. You cannot stack a draw two on a draw two. Which means what? Or a plus two on a plus two. So the way Uno... I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. That's part of the original rule? So, no. Okay. Well, it says you can't do that. So here's what I had always done, Kathy. And tell me if you did or not. And then I'll explain how this goes, Steve. But if somebody puts down a, a blue plus two on you... Right. And say you have a yellow one. Yeah. Then you would you put your yellow one down. Now, would that mean that the person next yeah. would have to draw four? Did you play it that no, way? You, oh, no. no. Like, I, I would have to draw the two, and then if I put the yellow two down, the person next to me would have to draw no, two. No, you draw two and lose a turn. I think you lose a turn. Mm. Or, yeah. or, But anyhow, they're, they're saying what people were doing, Kathy, was they would put down, somebody would put down a blue plus two, then they would play a blue plus uh, uh, or I mean like a yellow plus two. Yeah. And then they would say the next person has That's to draw good. four. And if they would throw down like a green plus two, the person after that would have to draw six. Oh, that's getting. I've too never confusing. played that. No, no we don't and U- play that. Uno way. says this is the, the this is what they believe the standard rule should be, but no one plays that way. They no, they say that you can't do that. Oh, I have no they idea. You cannot do that, but people were but doing it anyway. And it's not stated in the rules. See, right. I I recently read the rules because uh, we're into Uno now uh, at the house. So I'm so sorry. Just like the ba- yeah. no, you know what? I don't mind. Uno yeah. is way better than some of those damn board games that he loved Monopoly for. Oh a my while. god! Well then, okay. We I'll would take leave that. it out and like play over days, weeks. Um, so now he's just into Uno. It's just, I'm fine with that. But uh, yeah, so I recently had to go over some of the rules with him. Um, because he likes to make his own rules, but I didn't see that in there about the you can't put plus two on plus two. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, so there, and they they also say that you and some people were doing it with the wild card plus four, right? But that you absolutely lose a turn on there. Sam. Yeah. But, well, all right. So if the rule does not indicate that you can't stack, does it indicate that you lose a turn? In that, the rules. That I don't know. I need, I, to, I I have, need to see the rules. I would have to read that. Because that is the rule then, and then you can't just make your own rule on top of it. The object, uh, f- refresh so the way, my memory. So what? the way it works, Steve, is you have you have cards of different numbers and right. different colors. There's four different colors. Right. I believe they're uh, yellow, red, blue, and green. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, other cards that, that cause things to happen. Like there's a skip. Okay. Uh, there's a reverse. Right. Uh, then there's a draw four. Okay, I remember that. Uh, and then there's draw twos. And the draw four is wild. I forgot what that means. It means you pick your color, right? So you have a regular wild, which has no draws to it. You just throw the uh, the card down. You pick, right. you pick the color. And then you have a draw four, which so, is a wild. Which plus. means you, you change the color and you can. And the person. The next player has to draw four. Okay, yes. I got gotcha. you. So what happens, Steve, is if somebody puts down, you can match. The number or the the card um, command oh, yeah. with a different color. So if somebody throws down a green skip, you can throw down a blue skip uh, and continue to play. And or well, it would skip. Skip's a bad uh, uh, example. A reverse. Let's say somebody okay. throws down a blue reverse and it, it goes to your turn, and then you can put down a red reverse and it will turn around and go the other you, way. You could be speaking Mandarin right now, and Steve <laughs> would be less interesting. Here's what I was always uh, figured out weird was when you were playing with just two people, yeah. and you'd play a skip. Right. It's just your turn. It's just uh, right. That's all. Yeah. We, I right? feel like a lot of the rules go out the door Same when, thing when you reverse. just play with two of them. Yeah. 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 And reverse. Yeah. Reverse, skip, draw two, draw four. They're all, you're just skipping the, the, the other, your competitor's yeah. turn. Yeah. Now. What the f- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two things. Um, when you have two cards left. Uh, and uh, I'm, yeah, uh, and you have a draw four, and you throw the draw four wild. Now you're left. You have a yellow in your hand. Will you say? Will you call the color that you have? Or yeah. if you're playing with oh more, if you're, if you're playing with more than one person, do you call the color that you have, or do you play a little mind game? Oh, so oh. they think that it's your color, and they really try to change the color. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I usually play it pretty straight, but that's a good strategy. Yeah. I yeah. would like uh, Uno the Purge. That would be cool. <laughs> Where you, when when you have when you get Uno, you get to kill another. You get person to kill another table. person at the table. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like Steve, it. Uh, in the last Walking Dead, uh, Far from Beyond, whatever it's called, um, these kids are in a spring break. They're in a treehouse. <laughs> yeah, and they're it's nighttime, and they're just kind of trying yeah. to pass the time. And they find a, a Monopoly game, and I couldn't help but think, I'm like, if this was Steve, he would jump out of the tree and feed himself. To I the would zombies. dive out into the zombies. In Where fact, are the zombies? I, I, I would put the new sauce from Kentucky Fried Chicken all over me. Steve, we uh, we play Monopoly all the time at our house. Uh, my my son loves it. Um, but the, it's funny because the, there are parallels between Monopoly and, and Uno, where rules just change over time. And and one that is now common, and, and I think where most people play Monopoly is. Uh, free parking gets you five hundred bucks automatically. Any, any fine that you pay goes right into. The that's what in the we middle. would do. We would, yeah. yeah, we would so, throw the that's, fines in the in modified the rules will become part of the accepted um, yeah. rule, even though it's if it's not codified by um, yeah. the actual. Yeah, what is the rule? You can have house rules. It's nothing. Yeah, when you get the free parking, it's you're not nothing. you're not supposed to get money. You're not supposed to put oh. that money. Like if you get fined two hundred dollars for whatever, you're supposed to just pay that to the bank. Huh. It changes the game and it makes it a little more fun. And there's kind of a lottery involved. Uh, feel free to call with your house rules if you want. Two one five two six three WMMR. It's like a pool. You know, we have a pool table. 
I got house rules. Oh, yeah? yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. What are the rules? Uh, fold your laundry on it. Uh, fold your laundry on it. You do your laundry on it. Uh, if you, if you um, sink a ball and scratch, you have to pull the, that ball back out. Okay. Uh, one foot on the ground at all times. All times, I get that. Um, there is... I've forgotten the rest of them, but there isn't one foot on uh, the ground at all times a standard rule. Yeah, but if, if it, it's your house, you can right. you can change it. So right. um, uh, we always call the pocket uh, no slop. We call it. If you make a slop shot, you lose your turn. Okay, the ball stays in, but you lose your turn. You also have foosball. Yes. No spinsies? No spinsies ever get out of my house. <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? Spinsies just a, is a, just a cheap, tr- it, it's, so, you might uh, as well even, just don't play. They had foosball tables at my kid's middle school. Right. I taught them strictly no spin. And they would go and play at school. Nobody there has a foosball table. And they would they would play by our house rules, and, and everybody thought it was funny and stupid. Because mm. they were spinsies, aren't they? They were spinners. Sons of bitches. Spinners. spinners. I bought a uh, chess board last week. I love playing chess, and uh, checkers is fun, too. On the reverse side of the chess board is a backgammon board. Oh, I've never played backgammon. My okay. wife loves right. back- She's taught me about 44 times. Yeah, <laughs> I forget right. every time I so play. <laughs> I, I tried watching a YouTube instructional yeah. video on how to play backgammon, and uh, Steve, the face you were making while Preston was explaining Uno to you was yeah. me, was the same face that I had while trying to watch this backgammon video. <laughs> I don't think that backgammon is inherently that difficult. It's it not. isn't. It I've actually just isn't. Played it. You no, just have I- to play it enough to remember the rules. Okay. I think there's Two versions of it. All right. And one is more difficult than the other. One is gaping anus back in. <laughs> <That's> correct. <laughs> well, I don't want to play that one. Uh, no, the... the uh... Don't knock it till you try. <laughs> I played it uh, at the, the, the little cigar shop. They, you know, they Did have like, like a little... It? I loved it. Okay. And I actually yeah. was... Um, it's a fun game. Was good at it. Like right off the bat, you're pretty good at board games, though. Like, you're very well, good at not board like games. strategic games, and so there's strategy with the, with the backgammon, and and um, it didn't take long for me to figure out the strategy. Okay. I think I just got to dive in and play. Yeah, so, so backgammon is one of those games that that again, I I, I can get into a little bit because my wife loves it so much. The video game versions of it are pretty true to the um, the actual gameplay. A game I've never understood is mahjong. Yeah, me neither. Do you like chess? I, chess, I do enjoy. Yeah, chess to me is more tactical and more strategical, yeah. and I, I do enjoy it. Um, Mexican train dominoes is. Yeah, I couldn't believe how much fun I had playing that. Did you play that because of Preston's wife? No, so we we played it beforehand. I actually we went. Uh, it was a game night at a friend's house uh, about a year and a half or so ago, and I went over there thinking that we were going to play pinochle, and I'm like, man, I haven't played pinochle in a while. And they ripped out the, they brought the dominoes out, and I was so pissed. I was like, dude, I don't want to play dominoes. And I, we, we left that night, and my wife and I were like, I cannot believe how much fun we had playing, playing dominoes. dominoes. Yes. By the way, Steve, this person has your house rule. Okay, their house rule is don't start playing the game. <laughs> oh, that's a good rule. That's uh, a good rule. Here is, let me get a couple of calls here. First, I'm going to go to Deb, who is an Uno expert. All right. Hi, Hi Deb. <laughs> Hey, good morning. Sorry to bother you guys at work. No, we need to know what what uh, what's your take on the stacking thing. Um, oh my gosh. Well, we don't play by the rules at all. My dad and I have been playing since 1983. He has records where I we've played probably 20,000 games. Wow. Um I actually probably win the majority of the times. Um there's <laughs> there's no rules in our in our play. We will use draw fours. On top of draw fours, on top of um, draw twos, reverses, there's there's no rules in our book. So we just play one-on-one. Um, when I end up playing with a group of kids, 
uh, they get so mad because I don't play by the rules, but I'm older, so I can kind of do whatever I want. You can want. do what you want. Mm-hmm. Well, right. if you can tailor the rules to guarantee a victory, that's that's pretty smart. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think with the, it's more fun when you can um, have a Win. seven cards in your hand and you put down a draw four, a draw two, a skip, and then you're out, and the person's sitting there holding all their cards. <laughs> I mean, yeah. my dad's 80 now, so I feel a little bit bad, but... Um, <laughs> That's a fun way to end. Yeah, definitely. So the ultimate way that you win in Uno by being uh, left with what one card? No, no, no. You 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 go out first. You no cards. All right, and then you agree on maybe a point total, uh, Deb, on on who wins, like five hundred or something like that, because you can end up what cards are left in your hand. Oh, I see. I, or, I, I forgot how. It or goes. a number of hands that you play, or something like that. Right. So we we won't keep track of the points we have left. We strictly keep track of how many games we play. Okay. So in the, in the course of a uh, of an afternoon, I mean, we might play fifty games, oh, um, you know. But we also have rules where if you play ten games and you've won eight of them, we stop playing because you're just having a bad day and it's kind of not fair. See, I could probably do the fifty games if the room was closed with just a window and a hose running to the gas pipe of a running car. <laughs> I could probably do that. I thought about about maybe you could try this with your with your dad, Deb. I thought about maybe because there are a couple of family games that we play at my house. We play like Rummy Cube and stuff like that. And yeah, I yeah. thought about having a penalty for the loser of how we'll agree on a certain amount of rounds, and then there's a penalty for the loser. Right. Uh, like you have to wear a strap on for the rest of the day or oh something like that. But, of course, we wouldn't do that. The <laughs> house, they're going to school. Maybe you get your dad to do it. <laughs> right. No, but I thought about, I thought about that for yeah. us here oh. on the show. Oh. If we did, if we had some type of a competition amongst us, okay. the loser has to agree the next day to do something the entire day. I'd like to see Kathy or, at uh, Floral and Hardy with a strap on. Or just at work. Something here where we wouldn't, you know, get in a lot of trouble. But think of a penalty. All right. Miss, you're going to have to leave with that. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'll pass it along to my dad. And like I said, since he does lose often, um, he lives uh, kind of around the corner from you, Preston. So maybe uh, whatever I make him do, we'll just uh, walk yeah. around the block there. Have him walk around the neighborhood yeah, yeah. with a strap on him. Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> and you'll know, hey, I know you. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Deb. Card. All right, take care, guys. Thanks. See you later. Did you ever play a card game? It looks like Uno. It's called Skippo. Yes. Okay. We played that? all versions of Uno. We had Uno Attack. We had uh, Spin Uno, Skippo. So we had Skippo in college, but we I never know. actually used it to for what it was actually supposed to be used oh, did for. Did it become a drinking game? It was a drinking of game, course. and we played. You you played High Low with a regular deck of cards. Sure. Well, we played High Low with with Skippo. Okay. And oh my God, it was like instant. What like, is the difference between Uno and Skippo? Well, uh, I I don't know. Okay. I, have, I don't remember. Had, I never played the legit rules. It had to do with skipping turns. Or okay, something. Yeah, right. it was a big part of it. But it's I like don't. the same card company, right? Like they, they're, they're, is it Milton Bradley? Uh, no, it says from the makers of Uno. Yeah, there like, we go. Yes, yeah, wow. yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, all right, let me go to some other calls here. Uh, I will go and mainly people want to talk about what they do in Uno as far as customizing the game. I'm going to go to uh, Dan. Hey, Dan. Good morning. Hey, yeah, bud. What's up with you, man? Okay, so if you have two cards left in Uno, technically you're supposed to say Uno. If you do not, you're, and someone calls you on it, you have to pick up four cards. So okay. I always stack my cards in my hand so other people can't see how many cards I have left. And I guess my question is, is that cheating or not cheating? But wait a minute. Is there any penalty for them calling you out? Yeah, you, I think you have to you have to pick up four cards. If you don't call Uno when you have Uno, no, no, no. But if, no, the other yeah. way around. If somebody says, "Wait a minute, you got one card," I'm calling you out because you didn't say Uno. Is there any penalty for them because you actually had two cards? Uh, that is a good question. 
question. I then it, no then it has nothing to do with the gameplay. It's just having some fun. So uh, I right. think and that's okay. not cheating. You're good. Yeah, you're good, man. You're cheating. Okay. You get a pass. All right, appreciate <laughs> it. Um, let me go to uh, Patrick. Hey, Patrick, good morning. Hey, what's up? You guys rock. Hey, oh! All right, customizing your game. What do you do? So basically when I play, whenever I play Uno, um, what he said um, just a little while ago, um, me and a bunch of my buddies, we do call each other out um, if they don't call Uno. But what happens is if you call them out, like if you stack your cards and they actually have more than one, yep. you actually have to pick up four. Okay. So it actually backfires on you. So it's basically a gamble. Okay. Okay. All right. Now also, I do play stacks, like pick up two, pick up four, reverses, even skips. Okay. All right. And then it's so it's, complicated. And then it says Monopoly. You have a <laughs> you have a uh, uh, a customization. Yeah. So Monopoly. Oh, oh we lost. Damn it! Him. I just hung on. I can tell you, you what it what it was. He said, if you roll doubles, you get a thousand dollars. No, uh, snake eyes only. Snake eyes only. We used to, if you rolled three doubles in a row. Oh, yeah. You had to go to jail. I think yeah. that's an actual rule. Is, is that it? a rule? Yeah, yeah. And then the only way to get out of jail is by ro- rolling doubles or getting can... the get out of jail free card. Or now you can pay. Yeah. yeah. 50 bucks, right? Yeah, you can yeah, pay to yeah. get out. Do you well, think that these, these rules, be, they're almost like a virus. So the, so the game comes out and then somebody starts playing it a certain way and then, then it spreads out. So these faux rules yeah. start to spread. And I, I wonder how, how surprised you would be with games that you routinely play what the real rules say yeah. you can and cannot do. Yeah, because you've... Played you, you your, adopted the, the rules that somebody showed right. you how to play. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. But you're right. The, the rules like that over time have, have spread. Yes. And people pick up on them. One way they don't change for the most part is in, is in gambling games where money's involved, correct? The, 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 I mean, when was the last time there was a major shift in blackjack? No. Or po- there, it doesn't happen, right? Um, it, it can be different in some places, depending on oh. what casino you're in. Because oh, really? I, I played. I was on a. I was on a, uh, a cruise ship one time, and Casey, the push went to the dealer. Yes. So when, when we that, when dude. we were in London, I played blackjack, and they I had got accents. My, well, that. Yeah. And then also, so push goes to the dealer. Also, um, the deal. So in 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 London, the dealer only got one card, right? And then everybody played their hands, and so I got a blackjack, right? And then the dealer, so normally when you get a blackjack in the United States, yeah, Jack, you win. You win. You get your money automatically. Yep. You had to wait in London to see what the dealer got. And then when the dealer ended up getting 21, I didn't win my blackjack money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But 21 with That's multiple cards. I mean, with two cards, not with multiple cards, right? They uh, I don't remember. I want to say with just two cards, but I don't know if there was a... With three cards, I think. I, so here, I think it was with. As the dealing process goes, the second you get you get a blackjack, you, you win. win. Yeah, they yeah. even say it. They'll just go blackjack winner, and, and they're still yep. dealing other cards. Huh. You, you win automatically. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, but can you buy? Is at that point you buy insurance if you want to because you haven't seen the uh, the dealer's hand. Um, you can in London. No, no, here. No, no, States. no. You you get blackjack. You win no matter what. What insurance did you get? Like fire and theft, or what do you get? <laughs> no, uh, you just pay half of whatever your bet is. Oh, okay. or, I yeah. hated money. I forgot. I never did. I never did insurance. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's when they would show a face up if they'd want to buy insurance. That's what it was. Anyway, uh, Uno says you can't. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Uh, you yeah. Can't, no, you can't do the. Uh, you can't stack the the plus two. But listen, play however you want to play. Uh, this is really troubling for me for because it's a game that I never play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're never gonna play again. Yeah. That's another topic. 
triple stamp a double stamp. Uh, we just started watching that movie. Oh, uh, you did? Jay, yeah, Jace right. watched both of them. Don't get Casey started. Loves it. All yes, right. I love him. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate stevensinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's stay with Casey for a moment. Okay. Uh, because he had a question or an observation of sorts. Okay. Oh, so yeah. about the, the, the purchase that I made. All right. So, um, well, it has to do with money. It, it does. And it it, does. It's, it's, I think it's a universal <laughs> decision or a universal thing that people deal with. Right. So, um, I made a purchase last week. I'll just say I bought a, 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 a inflatable. Stand-up paddleboard. Here's the deal. Paddleboards are, are uh, expensive, and e- even the stand-up uh, inflatable ones. Inflatable? Yeah. I yeah. didn't know they made that. Okay. They're, they're, so, they would seem kind of t- too spongy for... Yeah. No, believe it or not. So I bought this body glove one, and um, th- they're expensive. And by the way, just a side note, if you see a, a website where they're selling paddleboards for $75, it is a scam website. Do not purchase anything from that you're not going to find a stand-up paddleboard inflatable or plastic for less than 200 maybe even 300 dollars well it's the same thing we talked about with the pools and the hot tubs they're the same you can't get a hot tub for 75 bucks no but they they rip you off yeah no my my buddy yesterday was like oh my god look at this and he sent it to me i'm like it's a scam and then i took the the uh, url and i put it into the a a scam website basically finder and sure enough it was a scam website so that's not where we're going with this okay all right, so this really is just a matter of, like, uh, how do you look at this? I look at this as basically a coupon. And what I'm talking about is I had a ch- uh, change jar, like a giant, uh, like one of those uh, water gallon jugs. It's, right. it's glass, and I had been chucking change in there for a couple of years You're now. You're a change chucker. I'm a change chucker. And I finally, I, I cashed it all in. By the way, Republic Bank is the only bank in the area that doesn't charge you to uh, cash your change in, even if you're you're uh, not a member there, right? Uh, so, and I'm not a member. So you cashed it in, and you had this money. I had two hundred and one dollars right. in change that I cashed in. I look at that two hundred and one dollars as basically a two hundred dollar coupon to the purchase that I had made. Do you know what I'm chucker. saying? I'm not a jump. Well, yes, I'm. I'm a change chucker, but I also okay. am a change and changer. a wheel watcher and a wheel watcher. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, so what do you think? I mean, do you? I mean, I know no, it's, it's not money. A coupon. Like I would still, I would still have to find the best deal on the item I was getting. But it is, like, yes, it's kind of like given money. You didn't. It, it's just there. I it's, think I like would call money. it found money. Yeah, found I would. Money. That's that's it. So in other words, it's out of the flow of your normal currency flow. Okay, and so and therefore it's. I think, for example. The uh, so I have my Amazon uh, account and my Amazon credit. I get points back when I make purchases, and I accrue points for purchasing other things. I I tend to get more frivolous with those points that I oh, get. Really? Because yeah. like yeah. you'll just buy anything because the points are there. Well, something if it's if it's a little self indulgent, I'll do that. 
you know? See, yeah. Okay, yeah. So if it's something that I've been like wanting or waiting for, but, some, so like when I went into the, I, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, convince myself that it, I could do it. And then when I had that extra, I, I oh, okay. Just, when I went into the um, uh, the Hermes store, the Marron Glacé, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that was that. I had had gift cards. People had given me gift cards. I had a bunch of them. And so I was going to splurge and, and, and buy myself something. Did the woman look at these and go, these aren't even real. Yeah. <laughs> you're not paying with yeah. these. Oh, you're not paying. You're using... <laughs> Wonderful little cards. <laughs> like one might find in a rock trivia contest. <laughs> All right, so then let me ask you. If your spouse then asked you how much you spent on said thing, uh-huh. uh, like, for instance, Steve, I had $300 in Amazon gift cards, and I ended up buying a uh, Segway scooter. Mm-hmm. When people ask me how much I spent, I go 100 bucks because 100 no. Hundred bucks out of pocket no. is what I so spent. This uh, is what this is yeah, all yeah, about, yeah. Diane. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. I can oh, see man. that. I, I will support you in that because you're saying that's not how. No, you spent. You still you, spent three hundred bucks. But still, it, you, it, because <laughs> Just it, it, again, you used it in a gift card doesn't mean you didn't spend it. If you use the yes, found it money, the if chance. it's gift cards, first off, if it's gift cards, it was given to you, so you just spent. Um, you know that that was that's that's something that in and above you spent a hundred bucks of your own money, right? But here's what I'd say: it cost three hundred dollars, but I had gift cards, so I only I was only able to, or I only had to spend a hundred bucks, right? It still cost three hundred. Are we are we subtly asking a bigger question here, or are we asking the change question? What's the, what do you think is a bigger question? The spouse question. Oh, uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't no. want to get him in no, trouble. No, 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 no spouse question. Okay. It's just a simple. For instance. When I had gotten to the store, you sleeping? When I had gotten to the store, apparently my son lately hops in bed with me every single night. Uh, Now you talking? (laughs) The all right. So I was going to make said purchase as a surprise, and I was going to bring it to her and present it to her. But when I had gotten to the store, I knew I had gone there for an inflatable. When I got into the store, they had actually had the plastic ones, and the plastic ones were actually cheaper. Okay, but they're tougher to store. Yeah. And right. transport and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, God, man, now I have to call her and, and ruin yeah. the surprise and tell her that you know, I have two options. Right. So when she was asking me how much the, the inflatable one cost, I gave her the price. Sons, the two hundred and, and you know, <laughs> but you oh, did. No, you can't do that. I think you can. You, the question is, you had no. you had you had two hundred dollars in gift cards. Yeah, that was not out of your pocket. Not gift cards. It was no. It was the change and change. change. Oh. Uh, yeah, I should so, give the full price. Then you say, but we had all that change. So really, I only spent. That's what I would have said, right? Yeah, as opposed to. Essentially, I lying. was being deceptive, guys. <laughs> I spent, yeah, you say yeah. I spent 300 bucks, but it was 200 bucks and change. Yeah, that's why we, we look at that because we have a giant jar. KCR's is, is huge and it takes about five years to fill it. And so by the time we're done with it, it's it's we it's just under two grand that right. we get out of this. And this is just pocket change. These are quarters and dimes and nickels and all this stuff. And everyone's popping in. But we yeah, it's mainly me. Okay. Uh, but um yeah, so I come in and lately I haven't. I haven't been spending cash since COVID hit. I've just been using cards. Uh but it, but I we we never Look at that as actual money. We yeah. look at that as just a, a coupon. Yeah, of sorts. <laughs> yes. A coupon. If you I remember, and it was funny though, but I think it's where you are. I remember when I was between jobs and I was doing auditions and all this stuff, and we got, we had a lot of bills come due, and I remember going to the Coin Star. 
Yeah. Insane. We need we, and and paying bills with what we got. Now, fortunately, we had like you know six or seven hundred bucks. Yeah. In that thing, and but it, still, it, it yeah. helped. But I mean, yeah. So if if you if you if you go and buy an inflatable, <laughs> you know, something when that's the situation, that's frivolous. But when you're if you're okay, yeah, it is sort of found money. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Speaking I, of the uh, the credit card points, yeah. you had mentioned that <clears throat> it's nothing that we we'd so rarely use that accrued credit. Um, that we have, it's been so long since we used it. Um, hopefully my kids aren't listening, but for Christmas this year, we're going to be able to get them three new iPhones. That's nice. how much we have, so, we have built up on it. I have had, I, so yeah. I have had uh, one, I won't say they what card, one. but I've, there, it, there are so many things and, and, um, uh, not hoops, but there's so many caveats to how you spend the points that it's, I never bother to go through it. Amazon is straight through. You you may spend you get a percentage of you know that back and it's it's there in dollars yeah and then it'll ask you if you want to apply it to your next purchases the way they do it is seamless we don't really have any hoops to jump through There's yeah the list so of stuff you can get and they they provide that. a list of stuff you can get depending on which card you use yeah as we have okay. one card that does uh, uh, um, credit for uh, Marriott hotels okay and then another one is for yeah a, a variety of different products but it's pretty extensive. Yeah, when I when I've looked at the, the things uh, on this one card, it's like I don't need any of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be interested to see um, when uh, people start flying normally again. You right, know, and, because I'm not going to have to pay for a flight for a while. I have so many credit card points built up on my one credit card. Right, and then I had to cancel two two different sets of flights this Your year. Credit? I was gonna, yeah, I was going to go uh. to the Southwest. I was going to get to Death Valley, and and uh, so, but that everything that I got back was all uh, that was on Southwest, and then I was going to go to Glacier National Park. That was all on. United and that was refunded as well, but it was refunded in airline credit, yeah. which is cool. I'll use it at some point, but like when is I guess the, what, the big question. What about this? If you buy something and you return it and you get a credit for it, do you consider that credit just sitting there? Like, yes, like that's a, found money. That's like the change chart, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Found money. Yeah. And so I was, I was actually going to pose that to you about the airline miles as well because that was another. Uh, Question that I had with my wife, because next year I wanted to do something uh, out west. Uh, there's a whole bunch of, there's a run of fish concerts that I would like to go to. And so I was sitting there, I was like, all right. So and she goes, oh, here we go. I go, no, 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 no. I'm like, I can get there and back for free. I mean, essentially, all yeah. I had to do was spend thousands of dollars on my credit card <laughs> in order to get those free airline tickets. But, well, but you weren't doing it exclusively no. to get those. No, so, no, no. Yeah, no, no. But airline miles have different rules. Yeah. They do. They're blackout dates and things like that. No, nature. no, no. I mean, like, in my mind, they have different oh. rules that uh, oh. I would not use airline miles to, say, fly somewhere, you know, quick and easy. Florida, you know, right. you're going to Nashville, oh, like, something like that. You, yeah. It's got to be, it's, yeah, like, the, the price has to be over a certain amount. Don't waste your miles on right. a quick, easy, cheap flight. Well, to that point, there were a lot of people who, during the whole uh, uh, um, lockdown and everything, who had all these trips planned, and then they got all that money that money they couldn't use it so now it's sitting there in these accounts yeah. basically or on their credit cards or refunded back uh and i was i've been talking to a few people that like for example 
like the the home improvement industry has skyrocketed because people just said, okay, I'm, now I'm, I'm going to just, it's, yeah, I'm going to put a deck on the house or all that stuff. So it, it just got refunneled, mm-hmm. you know, to, to other things. I wonder so. what the travel industry is going to be like next year because there's all this pent up demand built up from 2020. You I know, you, people are chomping at the bit. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. really they're, they're they've got to go someplace. And yeah, people road, aren't going to want. Well, they originally you got like to go, a, but they originally put a, a deadline on when you could. Travel, yeah. You know, like if there were different trips and stuff like that, I'm guessing that that's not that can't all be of mine in place got, now. All of mine got extended. All my travel uh, airline vouchers got extended through all of 2021 and maybe even in 2022. Okay. Haven't yeah. they been much easier to? My wife uh, yeah. is traveling right now, uh, and and uh, she said that that switching. Switching dates and all that stuff, they made it in much, much easier. I, I, if, I'm just from personal experience, customer service has gone through the roof in, yeah. in a positive direction. And there's handies and everything. Yeah, a yeah. lot of the airlines have uh, with a hot done away with their fees uh, <laughs> yeah. for, for changing flights. Yeah, By the yeah. way, let me test my Preston and Steve show uh, uh, trivia knowledge right. when you said you gots to go. <laughs> Yeah. Is that when, when Casey was stuck on the school pole? <laughs> yes. And yeah. a guy got out and started, was running down the street screaming, You got to get, you out, got out, to get out, out of here! Yeah, we were stuck in between two giant car fires. Okay. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yes, you win. Got that one. Yeah. 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 Wait, so is that jar? <laughs> yeah. Is your jar empty now, Case? It's empty. Okay. By the way. <laughs> I dun dun dun. Uh, I guessed because you can guess how it much was is the library. <laughs> I guessed two hundred dollars even. It was two hundred and one dollars and seven cents. Oh, you oh. win, I dude. And like you win a paddleboard. You win a paddleboard. <laughs> you know, no, she didn't even offer me the prize, which I was like, come on, man. And she's and then when I asked her about it, she goes, Wait, well, it's usually prize? just who the lady at the at the bank. What's what are you price? talking about? You get to guess. I thought you were talking oh, about your own jar. Yeah, yeah me my too. Own jar. So, yeah. Well, why yeah, would you give you... yourself a prize? Yeah, I, I didn't think. Okay, when so... I ch- when I when I had uh, put all the money in the little money counting machine, before you do that, you can guess to see how much is in your change. And jar. What's your bank that and you uh, do? It was, it, it's not my bank, but it was Republic Bank. I was in within one dollar and seven cents, which. I get a prize for that. What'd you get? Okay. Well, she up. didn't even offer me a prize. And then when I asked her about it, she goes, well, it's usually just for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I go, ma'am, I know. Excuse me, ma'am. I am a child. <laughs> I am a giant child. I go, well, just tell me what the prizes would be, you well, know? So so hang on a second. It's a balloon, basically. <laughs> Do you want your balloon? Would you like your balloon, <laughs> sir? It was like pens and then like... Do you want a unicorn or a monkey? So so before it, yeah. before before you get the total yeah. or before you put your money in or however, it, it says yeah. on it's the like, screen... hey, buddy! And it's like a kid and a dog. Do you want to guess to see how much... They do, all of them are yeah. actually like, like yeah. the one that, that used to be at uh, my, my bank. had It was it was designed more for kids. Hey, look! And this, the same sort of animation and the whole deal. Okay. And or so, if you're just a slow adult... And it says... You could win a prize. Yeah, it doesn't say what the prize is, oh. but like, man, I was, uh, I was all for it. And Remember, then... this is for kids only. And then at the, uh... it didn't say that though. Unless you're a stupid adult. <laughs> and then at the end of it, when you realize it, now how close did you have to come to win? Uh, um, I mean, I, I was super duper close. I, I guess it was within, you know, a couple of bucks or whatever. Two bucks or yeah. whatever. Okay. And I was a dollar seven off. And, and at the end, it'd say congratulations. Or you anything won. Like that. Yeah. Really? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Unless you're an adult man with kids and a wife, then it'd be ludicrous to give you a prize. 
I mean, how I mean, she... it'd just be pathetic. No. <laughs> how does she not know that I'm, like, my kids aren't in the car waiting I'm for with you. with my wife? I'm with you, kids. I don't see yeah. any kids. You seem to be here by yourself. So a couple of months ago, I was at my bank, and there was an old lady who I held the door for, and she went in because she had heard about the chain shortage, and she had a bag of change. And the bank didn't accept loose change. You're very right. sweet, but you, I don't put out. You, <laughs> oh she God. was a nun. Oh. She was a nun. She was like a 90-year-old nun. I didn't know you this. You should have known she didn't put out. I know. Okay. Uh, you but, perv. <laughs> so I, I felt terrible for her because she was on a walker and uh. she was having a hard time. And then so they were like, you know, you can go to the Acme right there. And so I ended up helping her out. And I, like, walked her all the way down to the Acme. I ran up. I got her a cart. And then I brought the cart to her. And then I took her to the change machine. Counted all the change. Dude. Wait, did you say uh, Republic Bank? Uh, yeah. Where, I can't find any locations. Uh, there's one in Wynwood. I went to the one in Media. So anyway. You have, uh, the, you have this nun who's having a tough time. She had a tough time. And so we, we I get her her change. She's trying to give me money. I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing this for money. Yeah. So what I thought was going to be like five, ten minutes ended up being like a half hour because we're standing in line you now. You me of my husband. <laughs> I thought you were a nun. I just put this on to get the freebie. Oh, man. So we had the same sort bad, of boy's charm. That's a bad habit, man. <laughs> Yeah. Why did it take you 30 minutes? Because as we're standing in line to get the money back for the change that we had... Uh, um... Take your shirt off and do push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is a nun. <laughs> she has Listen, me. she's older. <laughs> yeah. She's older. So we're standing in line, and she goes, oh, oh, dear, I forgot I needed to do something at the bank, you know? So she was at the bank for a couple of different reasons. So I'm like, all right, well, we'll, we'll go back to the bank and we'll make sure you're taking care of her. I'm waiting for you to leave. And then, no, no, I really helped her out, Kath. And she uh, walks out she, the door and then she turns around and she's shaking up! Uh, yeah, she had like a club foot and so she couldn't really walk at all. So, um... <laughs> She uh, and then she was like, "Oh, and then I forgot I had to mail these things." I'm like, "Oh, we'll we'll take you to mail your things." And then so we did the mail, and then we went back to the bank, and then I brought it to her car, and I basically lifted her and put her in her car. Yeah, and wow. then and then Ooh, I, and I have to hand wash my panties. <laughs> oh my god! Could you help me? Uh, anything for you, sister. Sister, uh, the washing okay. machine destroys them. Wash them with your hands with your shirt off. Oh, my God. But two push-ups. <laughs> Stand word. on the other side of this screen and get yourself around. Oh, my God. Anything for you. All right. You've lived a hard life. <laughs> what happened? You deserve this. Uh, and so the worst part, I think, was uh, after I had um, put her in her car and she started to drive off, as I had to now take this cart back to the supermarket. So now I look like this guy. You know, and then I saw people that I yeah. knew that I'm riding this cart in the parking lot of the Acme. And they're like, oh, it's a motorized yeah, it's a motorized, motorized car. Okay, oh, that, that, makes, that. that makes it a different thing. Yeah. And it almost went like negative miles per hour. This yeah. thing was yeah, so yeah, damn slow. slow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you saw people you knew as you're yeah. scooting across. I was across like, it. hey, guys. And, <laughs> and then. I'm just hanging out with a nun with a club foot. And then it looked like I was stalking her because I went to the gas station and <laughs> she was at the gas station as well. I was like, I am not oh waiting for this you to leave. This dude's me. Yep. <laughs> oh, dear. He's turned on. We need to have a whole Casey segment called And Then. Uh-huh. That He's one of these club foot freaks. <laughs> He's got a fetish <laughs> club feet. I let him sniff it and then he can go. <laughs> God. Smells like cheese, doesn't it? You like that, don't you? <laughs> you're a bad boy. While well, you're down there. Sniff that foot. 
could have sworn God was going to... He was going to give you a bonus point. Reward yeah. you for that. He did. He gave you a, a paddle let me, board. Let me ask you a question. I know we're yeah. running out of time here, yeah. but um, when when you commit to doing something like that, when you go to help someone, a like good that, deed. Yeah. Let's say you you don't have a half hour. You've got five minutes. Hey, I figured that's what this will take, and I'll help this out person, this person out, and then it starts to drag on and on. Is there a time when you can say, I'm yeah. sorry, I have to go? You push them down. Uh, just push them no, down. No, I would just run. say, okay, I'm, I'm glad yes, we I... got you here to the bank. Good luck. And, yeah. uh, you know, have a nice day. And you walk away. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I mean, because I did. I had a half I, hour. You uh, did. Okay. But I didn't. I'm a ghost. But I didn't have 45 minutes. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. a ghost? <laughs> no, you're a ghost. Oh, you're a ghost. I've I'm helped a ghost. you. Yes. <laughs> I must go now. Ooh. <laughs> You you didn't smell my foot, and I know you're horny for that stuff. Freak! Terrible! You freak! I need to pay you. You want to smell my club foot? You freak! (laughs) (laughs) How did the start? We just change. You freak! You freak! Hey, you may, you may smell the fight yet, you freak. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> now I'm actually imagining what a club foot would smell like. <laughs> butterscotch. <laughs> Smells like butterscotch. <laughs> I only say butterscotch because there was a whole bunch of change in there that had been, like, stuck together by what seemed that like I hate that. melted butterscotch. That's the bane of, in fact, that's that's why a lot of the coin machines yeah. uh, were issues because you would you would get these... They, they would jam up the coins. machine, and then they almost had like an employee whose entire job was to de jam those machines. My, mine's filled with coins and matchbox cars. <laughs> of course. Is there another and then, or uh, are we done? And then a meteor hit. No, I would love another and then. Trust me. I would love it. I've, I've loved every minute of this conversation, to be honest. No, that was it. I saw her at the gas station, and then she flew to Aspen and out of my life forever. Somebody yeah. texted in this. <laughs> Caring Casey and the Clubfoot Clergy. I'd watch that. (laughs) (laughs) It's the foot, right? (laughs) Dude, take the foot. It's gnarly, but it smells like butterscotch. Oh, God. Okay. All right, we got to move on. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. 93.3 WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Money Clips. Wow, we have a lot of clips. Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your money clip up to seven times a day. Starting Monday at 8 a.m., 10, and noon. Then 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. We'll play one of your favorite Preston and Steve clips. Where are the sausages? And also give you a keyword. Text that to 45911. Or enter it on our website or app to get in the running for the $10,000 grand prize every time you play. That's crazy! See official rules and details at WMMR.com. I Ninety-three-three WMMR. They rock, guys. Up everybody. Everything that rocks. Our guest is on the line. I wasn't even looking. I look over. I see the phone line, and there is her name. Punctuality. We yeah. love it. I love it, and we love the Goldbergs. Yes, uh, we do. Obviously, being friends with Adam Goldberg, taking place right here in the uh, Greater Philadelphia area. It's wonderful, and there have been so many great guest stars and. Uh, throughout the years on that show. We just talked to Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and she is no stranger to, uh, well, to 
us thinking she's awesome. <laughs> yes. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, so it's tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, the episode that she's directing and starring in. Please welcome Leah Thompson yeah. to the show. Yeah. Good morning, Leah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Somebody happy in this day and age where we're having a very strange oh. existence, you know? I know, but I get to talk to human beings. It's yes. Like, it's great. <laughs> well, I love that. I, I, I'm a fan of both uh, the Goldbergs and Schooled, and I've always loved seeing your name uh, pop up because you've directed a number of episodes. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you did. You direct the what, what was it? The hundredth? There was a landmark episode you directed, whatever the count was. And um, you, yeah, the hundredth episode. Yeah, yeah, I did. yeah. And there was. At, at, and I also also directed Schooled, which is the the school that's on tomorrow. I uh, directed both the Goldbergs and Schooled. So yeah. that's kind of fun. Oh, it's great. And 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 the uh, there was a little bit of footage of you with the crew and everything after that 100th episode. And Schooled is a great show. We've had cast members in because they all eventually come. And I guess it's like you know visiting the uh, the area where the show was uh, where the show takes place. And um, it, so it, it's really cool. We definitely feel a kinship to it. But the show is is just consistently great. You transitioned uh, from uh, from acting and, and started to. What was your? Uh, did you start with it with a short film? What what got you interested in directing? And it seems like this has been this has been just a, a gold for you. I started directing so long ago, like fifteen years ago. I was doing movies for the Hallmark Channel called the Jane Doe Mysteries. I remember and those. I did, yeah. Yeah, I did like ten of them. As an actress, but I did two. I directed two of them, and that was hard because they were like, you know, movies. So there, it's more. You have to make a lot more decisions with a movie. You get to cast it. You get to pick the locations and stuff like that. Plus, I was starring in it, so that was a really great way to start directing. And so I did a couple of those, and then I did Switched at Birth, and then. But the Goldbergs. Um, Adam really gave me my break as a director because he gave me the first job that I wasn't in. And so I've done like 10 Goldbergs, and now I'm finally in one, which is exciting. Um, I I had a lot of fun acting with my friends, you know, (laughs) because I've known them now for four or five years. Well, the episode is called The Return of the Formica King. And uh... And I'm the Formica Queen, okay? (laughs) You're the Formica Queen, of course. Uh, That's right. Is it hard to direct? Obviously, and I, I would assume it would be when you're directing something you're in. You're wearing two hats, and uh, I assume that has to make it exponentially more difficult. The two hats isn't a problem, but the long nails and the shoulder pads. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a time that we love. I, I love the, so the eighties with the Goldbergs. Now moving into the nineties, which is schooled. You've also done Young Sheldon. You've done Mom. You've done The Kids Are All Right. Uh, a, a whole bunch of uh, of, uh, of of these things, um, and uh, so so when you're when you're with an ensemble, you come into an already established ensemble. Were they very welcoming? I have to imagine with that crew, they would be. I think so, and I think it helps to be an actress because they know I'm I've got their back, and I you know I get it, I understand what's going on, and I also did a sitcom as an actress. I did Caroline in the City for four years, so I really understand the. You know, I understand the jokes and how to work them and all of that. So right. I, I feel like it's always a, a, a general, you know, um, welcoming feeling when right. I'm, I'm directing right. actors and, and especially actresses because they know I understand and I know 
how to make sure they look good and, or whatever, you know, just protect them. And I was so happy to get to act with Wendy and McLean Covey. She's just like a, a national treasure. Like, she's the funniest, kindest, best person ever. And and I also lived in Philadelphia for many years. Really? I was in the Pennsylvania Ballet, and uh, and I love Philadelphia. Where did you I, live? Do you, you live in the city? Yeah, I lived uh, right by the Rodin Museum. Sure. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I was so hot and so poor <laughs> that in the summer I would I would swim. Uh, this I don't know how I lived through it. <laughs> I would dip my feet in the fountains by the the art museum. You know those big fountains. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Aiken's Oval. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, yeah I spent I waitressed uh, there and I danced there and I um, really I lived in a row house and. The house, the, on the roof sometimes. You had the full Philly experience right <laughs> yeah. there then, definitely. I sure did. I, I sure did. That, that's the first place I lived after I lived in Minnesota. So wow. I have really great feelings for Philadelphia. Leah, I wanted to ask with the, you know, the Goldbergs being a, a, a retro show and uh, a lot of guest stars have been on there and, and they, they allude to, you know, former characters that those, those people played. Is there going to be a little wink and nod to any uh, characters that you've played throughout the years that will be uh, mentioned or hinted towards in the episode tomorrow night? Remember, I feel like there was something. The one, the, the episode right before is called "Pretty in Pink." Yeah, and uh, I think that's on in a week. Uh, and that my husband directed "Pretty in Pink." I can't remember if there's anything in there. Um, there usually is. I mean, I yeah. you know they put in Howard the Duck and Space Camp and some kind of wonderful. I think they've done a lot of different episodes, and ba- of course, Back to the Future. Uh, so I'm not sure. I can't remember if there was. But there's great footage from uh, Adam's past. He wrote a play, and um, we kind of recreate the play, and it's completely insane. Uh, so, the, the fact that they're able to include footage to validate what takes place in those yes, episodes yeah. just is, is such an amazing aspect of it. Uh, you would mentioned you'd done ballet dancing, and, and I don't know if this is an apocryphal story, if it's true, but did Baryshnikov tell you you were not meant for ballet? He did. He did. Thank God. I mean, look at the course of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess when Barishnikov tells you, you would listen, right? I know. I Exactly. <laughs> you know, you got to take, you got to take the advice of experts and, yeah. you know, I, uh, I um I wasn't a great dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Leah, you know, obviously the you know one of one of the crown jewels of your your achievements as an actress and always will be is is uh the Back to the Future series, but you mentioned one that I think is a wonderful gem, which is some kind of wonderful. It's one of my favorite movies. Please tell me you had a great time while you were making that. I did. When, you know, I fell in love with the director, so I married him. We've been together for 33 years. That helps. Yeah. And, and we're, we're stuck in quarantine with his mother. <laughs> and we still love him. Hey, that's, a, that's, that's a testament to love right there. I want to congratulate you. Your, your daughter Zoe is, is kind of tearing it up with uh, her movie career. She was in uh, Zombieland Double Tap, amongst other films, but got great reviews of that. And then she has this movie that I want to see, uh, Buffaloed. Um, and, yeah. and she's getting rave reviews on that. So she's got, she, she's not afraid to, 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 to goofy it up and, and cause she's a beautiful, uh, woman, but obviously she, you know, she, she wants to stretch her, her, her acting chops. So that's got to make you feel really good to uh, both your daughters are correct. 
Yes, uh, my daughters are so talented. We did a movie you can see on Hulu altogether called uh, The Year of Spectacular Men. So I directed that, and my other daughter, she wrote it, she starred in it, and she did the score and sang wow. the songs. Wow. And it has Nicholas Braun, and it's got, you know, uh, Cameron Monaghan, great actors in it, and Zoe's in it as well. She produced it. So that movie's really great. It's, uh, and, yeah, so Madeline's writing and acting, and Zoe's producing. She produced Buffaloed as well, which is out on whatever platform you can find. It. <laughs> it's one of, one of those platforms. That's crazy. Uh, so, so, Leah, my mother lives with us, and uh, so and it's and it's uh, it, uh, it's a, quite a delight. And last night we were at dinner when I got the email saying confirming that you were going to be on the show today, and I go, "Oh, this is great! Leah Thompson is going to be on on uh, with us tomorrow." And my mom goes, "Oh my God, I loved her in Dennis the Menace." And I'm sure you, um, when people don't, you know, people reference your work in the past, Dennis Menace is probably not one of the first ones that uh, I personally love the movie. I think it's a great movie, but uh, I'm sure you don't get that all that often. I, I, yeah, I'm actually surprised that I don't get it more. But uh, it's 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 always interesting the different things that people remember, and they usually forget. And then they kind of remember something else that I did and something else that I did. So it's a kind of a, like a weird little Easter egg hunt with my career. I personally, I, I listen, I think it's a cute movie. And uh, the young kid who plays Dennis and Mendes, his name is Mason Gamble, turned out to be a handsome young man. And you also work with Doc Brown in that movie as well. I know. I did many, many movies, many <laughs> years of work with him. And, um, and... And now I get to spend a lot of time with him and Michael Fox and uh, when we go to Comic-Cons. Oh, so that's, that's cool. That is very cool. Well, let, let me we'd be remiss yeah. if, we, if we didn't, before you, you uh, leave us, ask your advice. You were in Red Dawn. You knew how to survive <laughs> during, uh, during tough situations. Uh, what's your best quarantine advice that you gleaned from Red Dawn? Gleaned from Red Dawn? Yes. Um, you didn't see. You didn't seem to have a toilet paper problem in that movie. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. That was very extreme circumstances. I sure hope we don't get to that. That would be a downer. That'd be go by gun. That's for sure. All right. But I um, I I loved making that movie. That was so much fun, and it was really it was fun to go kind of camping and i enjoyed that very much and it's a crazy movie because there's no special effects like yeah. all that stuff really happened it's all practical stuff wow all right well listen yeah. we we appreciate you uh checking in and uh we love the fact that you're this involved with the goldbergs because we love that show and uh, we'll be watching tomorrow night at eight o'clock on abc leah thank you so much Thank you so much for having me. Go Philadelphia. Stay at home. Yeah. All right, Leah Thompson, guys. That's awesome. I love her. I used to love that show, Caroline in the City. Uh, Steve, you had mentioned Red Dawn, and and that movie had a uh, a major effect on me as a child growing up because it made me, I was, like, terrified that we were going to get invaded or I was going to be somewhere that... uh, And now the fear is being sneezed on. uh, (laughs) 
No, but I mean, I, I honestly, like everywhere I went, like I, I had an exit strategy. If I was in church, I'm like, okay, if people come I'm going to leave through the doors. If pe- well, if people come in through these doors, I'm going to go and I'm going to climb under the pews and go to that door. Really? Yeah. For, for a while after? that was that, mm-hmm. it, it blew you away that much, huh? Yep. Yeah. Did, did it teach you about hidden fists? Okay. It's funny you should mention that because <laughs> I was going to mention hidden fists. Casey had this theory that if he was wearing a coat he, uh-huh. and he was walking to his car in, in, you know, in the city or somewhere dangerous... Yeah. Uh, he would uh, hide his hands up his sleeve and ball them into fists, and he'd be ready to go if somebody... Well, the attacker would be lulled into the misconception that he had no hands. And no hands, well, yeah. Well, not only hidden fist pressing, but oftentimes when I'd be walking home drunk from my friend's house, uh, I wouldn't... I would walk in the middle of the street. That way, I had more, like, peripheral vision. Right, right. So people I'll do that. People couldn't come and grab me from the bushes or whatever. Sure. And then I had the hidden fist as well. Mm. I loved Red Dawn. I never saw the remake. I didn't, I didn't even it was okay. no, I didn't give it time, but I, I, there's something about the original Red Dawn that I that I loved. And I look back and, and watch it now, and some of it's kind of, you know, sketchy, but... <laughs> Who would you be? Which character would you be in Red Dawn? I think I would be Aaron Gray. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I gotta go with, I mean, dude, Patrick Swayze was a badass yeah, in that yeah. movie. Wait, I, which one, um, was it Aaron Gray who ended up uh, going, uh, taking all the, the grenades? She had a grenade, yeah. She, she, she was, was going to die shot. anyway? Yeah, so he left her with a grenade and the Russians come over and she had the grenade under her body and yeah. blew him up, but... Uh, Let's not forget Charlie Sheen was in that movie. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. And he played kind of a badass. Wolverine! <laughs> that was C. Thomas Howell who yeah. yelled that. Yeah, and he he went he went a little crazy. Uh, Powers Booth was in it. There was a lot of there's uh, a good, yeah, there's, decent names. Yeah, there's uh, the John Millius was the director. He's one of my favorite directors. And uh, yeah, the action sequences are great. Yeah. Yeah, Powers, I, Powers Booth was really good, too. I mm-hmm. wonder if it holds up. I wonder if I watched it today if I would enjoy it. As or would, my, it be, would it be booty? It, it, it would be totally, dude. It would be By the trash. way, I'm looking at it. We have our IMDb here. Uh, yeah. Leah Thompson. I forgot about All the Right Moves. That was her third movie All she All the Right done, Moves. Which was with Tom Cruise. Uh, you remember. Uh, some, some, you yeah. mentioned some kind of wonderful. That is, oh, a, that is. That so that, that's the case where uh, you have characters that are, um, y- you know, the, that's what the, that sort of John Hughes style was. You, yeah. you you didn't know what to make of people. They were they were they had multi um, dimensions to their to their character. It was like, oh, this guy's the the prick, or this guy's that, and and yeah. you you realize that uh, everybody has the capacity to both be bastards and and good people at the same time. Wait, yeah. Steve, you said uh, Aaron Gray. Did you mean Jennifer Gray? No. Oh, yes, Jennifer oh, Gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Aaron... thinking of like Buck Rogers and Silver Spoons. And right, like, was right. She yeah, in? Yeah. I just I completely got thrown off for a minute. So yeah, I, yeah, Jennifer Gray. Yeah, the that's funny right. thing about that is Jennifer Gray and Patrick Swayze hated each other on that. That's movie. right, they did. And then they went on, and they had to get past that when they did Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. They ended up de- pretty much defining, or at least her career, and, and a big part of his. Dirty Dancing was originally supposed to involve the you know this this uh, this. Uh, Jewish, um, you know, uh, resort in the Catskills, that's attacked right? by the Russians. <laughs> oh. And, uh, and uh, yeah. Um, and so they're doing the bossa nova. They bomb the Catskills. And, and the parachutes are coming down. <laughs> Not again! No. Um, so there was another actress who reminds me a lot of Jennifer Grey and Leah Thompson, who... Jennifer I, Thompson. I can't remember. <laughs> um, I can't remember her name, but Preston, she played Andy in The Goonies. 
Mm. She was also in Lucas, right? Mm-hmm. What yep. was that girl's name? Oh, she was she was a a, a go to at that time. She was a the very girl next door. Yeah, yeah. and then never really did anything after. She Kelly Green had a bit of a drug problem. I oh, remember no. following up on her, or she or she started getting in trouble with the law, if I remember correctly. Um, what was her name, Casey? Uh, it's Kerry Green. Green. Yeah, I had a little yeah. addicted to drugs. They had this cross country uh, trip. Yeah, he and she and Charlie Sheen. Yeah, Charlie together. Sheen. Uh, but yeah, I, goonies. I thought that I thought I had read Casey. She she had some run in with the law, or she had a drug problem. Uh, it, that sucks for these. Is she still alive? Can you check? Yeah, yeah. scroll over. She okay. is. Okay. Is she yeah, still alive, look. Nick? When's yeah, the last was... time she worked? <laughs> she's still working. She's in. A, oh. She was in a movie in uh, 2012 called Complacent. She's done Law and Order, ER, a few things here and there. Well, see, um, here's the deal. I want to talk to people like that. I, I want to I want to talk to some of these people like that. Let's let, so let's honestly and they what what the hell are they doing now? They're in quarantine. I started to make a list We of, can offer them drugs. I started to make a list of people like that that I think we should talk to and almost kind of a you don't want to do a where are they now because anybody that's still working like her doesn't want to hear where are they now. Hey, it's we're like, calling this the uh, <laughs> long forgotten uh, losers. Yeah, losers. Yeah. <laughs> Loser um, roundup. Would you be on with us? But since we, ever since we talked to the guy who played the gimp in Pulp Fiction, I'm like, we need Dude. to talk to more people who are just the characters like that. Let's start with Carrie Green. All right. Let's All right. do it. I'd like to. Make it happen. We haven't talked to Billy Zapka in a while. I think I have his email address. Contact Billy yeah. Zapka. Yeah. Uh, you who know, else? You know who is, I think, a hot mature these days, and she pops up from time to time, is Sherilyn Finn. Sherilyn Fenn is awesome from mm-hmm. Twin Peaks. and, mm-hmm. and uh, Just one of the just guys. Just one of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like a cross between uh, the Karate Kid and Elvis Costello. Yeah. All right, um, so anyhow, we are going to take another break. We'll come back in a second. Lesson question, trash, music news, that stuff is up next. Check out new music from Greta Van Fleet and Dirty Honey. Plus, Pierre's video interview from Studio Z with Dexter and Noodles from The Offspring. Click contests for your shot at $500. Part of T-Mobile 5G Fridays. Coverage and speed. Who says you can't have it all? T-Mobile, are you with us? I saw a very interesting article this morning from Mental Floss. Uh, And at first I was like, eh, whatever, it's just kind of throwaway. But then I started reading some of the stories, and I thought this was very, very interesting. Is this about the sitcom themes? It's surprising stories behind TV show theme songs. Right. Oh. And some of them have, you know, the origins and, and uh, the ideas. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to peruse these a little bit because these are, these are classics. These are ones that everybody knows. I read one recently, Preston, so uh, stop me if uh, this is on the list. But uh, is the office discussed at all? No. All right. So um, <clears throat> there was a Family Guy episode last year where uh, they played this song and had fun with a, a song called Thunder Island. It's Yacht Rock. Jay Ferguson wrote it, and it's, it's silly yeah. and fun. They're and, and on Thunder Island. It's great, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's just an uplifting, happy song. That guy wrote the theme to The Office with huh. the, just the piano intro and the, the, the music that goes along so with it. It's sort of Zydeco sounding a little bit? Yeah, it's, yeah. you'd recognize right, it instantly yeah, yeah. when you hear it. And it's just one of those things where you're like, Wait, the guy that did Thunder Island also did the theme to The Office? But it's a weird confluence. of, And we've talked many times about Alan Thicke and the stuff that he's written over the years. Yeah, this music is Jay Ferguson. Okay. The, yeah, do you remember Thunder Island? I do. Yep. I know that, and it, I don't know if it's on your list, but the theme to Growing Pains comes from an early 
Nazi song. A no, it does not. That it was, I think it was pre no. Nuremberg rally. And then they. Oh, God damn it. That's, uh, that's, that's not, not Growing Pains. That's not, not Growing, growing pains. pains. What are we no. looking for? Oh, no, this I is. Put growing pains in there. This is Growing Pains. Here we go. Show me that smile. Okay. So replace smile with Aryan Nation. Okay. <laughs> and then you got it. Show me that Aryan Nation right, again. Right, right. You're right. Now it's all coming now it's forward. coming together. Yeah, I got you, and that's yeah. All right, so I don't know if that's true. It might be in the article. It might be. No, it's not in the article. But uh, the Sopranos is uh, the song. Woke up this morning. That became a, a bit of a hit. It did. So in uh, here's the story behind that. In 1990, a British woman named Sarah Thornton was sentenced to life in prison for murdering her abusive husband. The case caught the attention of Bob Sprague, also known as Larry Love, who penned a song about that ordeal for his band. The name of the band was Alabama 3. The song was Woke Up This Morning, which is the theme to The Sopranos, uh, which eventually fell upon the ears of the creator, David Chase. So the song already existed. I didn't know that. Uh, it wasn't written for this the This is show. a hell of a list now. Uh, with bluesy overtones and lyrics like you woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. Yeah. The track was the ideal theme for Tony Soprano and his gun-toting goons, and HBO reportedly offered the band $40,000 to use it for the series. <laughs> Alabama 3 agreed, but the irony of the song's origin wasn't lost on its members. Uh, Sprague had told The Guardian it was meant to be about female empowerment, and it ends up becoming a gangster anthem. So uh, they sold it Flat out, because if they sold all the rights, they lost a ton of cash. Mm. I, I don't know if they they lost the rights, but they probably got forty grand for them to get the permission to use it for the show. I think this and is they one probably of the, got royalties off the plays. The great use then, if it's not written for the show, but one of the great uh, the opening sequence, the whole thing. I just it, it's it's yeah. burned into yeah. my mind. I, I loved the series when it was on. So it's about a woman, actually, who murdered her abusive husband. That's what the song is about. What other um, shows have, as their theme song, like, it's just another song. Bosom Buddies. uh, Yes. And so the Golden Girls. Also, um, Friend. Party of Five had that. I think it was the Bodines had that song. Uh, yes. Is that right? And uh, uh, Dawson's Creek was another one, right? Paula Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was just a, a, I don't think she wrote that. It was just somebody going, for the show. (laughs) Why do you watch that horrible show? Marissa? It took me years to realize the Entourage theme was a real song. Oh, yeah, it's Perry Farrell. Yeah, I had no idea. Okay. What song is it? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's from uh, that stop from uh, Jane's Addiction. There it is. Yeah. Is this it? Yeah. Is this stop? No. Is this Jane's Addiction or Porno for Pyros? I don't know. I, I I didn't watch Entourage. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But no, this isn't Stop. I thought it was Stop. From... Uh, see if it's got the information. There, <clears throat> Jane's there. Addiction. Uh, it is uh, Jane's Addiction. Yeah. Does it say what the name of the song Superhero. is? Superhero. Superhero. Yeah. It existed before. Right. Well, let me get to this. Uh, let me get to the rest Please. of this, yeah. uh, this list. So here's one of the all-time greats. Friends, I'll be there for you. Right. Became a hit. From the Rembrandts, yep. And um, I remember the Rembrandts before that. They had a song called uh, That's Just the Way It Is, Baby. I used their CD case to clean my windshield one day. <laughs> um, which, by the way, it's Just the Way It Is, Baby is a great song. It was a hit for them. That, but That's Just the, the way, way It Is, Baby. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good song. <laughs> so when uh, Friends producer Kevin S. Bright sent the pilot episode to the Rembrandts' Danny Wilde and Phil Solemn, 
uh, its placeholder theme song, one that they had before this, but just for the time being before mm-hmm. it went on air, was It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M., huh. uh, which he was hoping that they could emulate if they took the gig, that, they, that the Rembrandts could do something similar to that. Uh, they did take the gig, but the band itself didn't actually come up with the sitcom's still ubiquitous theme song. Friends co-creator Marta Kaufman's husband, Michael Skloff, had composed it with lyrical help from Ailey Wills, who actually co-wrote the Earth, Wind & Fire hit September. Great song. Love that song. So the Rembrandts, uh, apparently, they said, uh, according to Solemn, he said they Rembrandtified it. So you're saying that the theme for Friends is addressing Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's it, exactly. No, but the Rembrandts didn't write it; they performed it, and the show's producers surprised him. So, so they 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 uh, they recorded the song, but the producers surprised them by adding their the, own finishing touch. Oh, the, the claps! Crap. No way. The producers did that. It was not the band. So the Rembrandts were just almost spectators to this whole thing. <laughs> and they didn't write it. They didn't come up with the claps. Apparently, it took them uh, more than a few week uh, takes to get the uh, the claps just right. Friends premiered about a week after they wrapped. Well, we we can do. Let, can, let, can we do it? Can play the theme. Okay. I think we can all sync up. I don't know why it took them so long to do it. Just wait a minute and a half. You did an extra. You did five. God damn it, Cass. Uh, Did you get that? Uh, Wait, is it four or five? It's four. Yeah, I thought it was five as well. We're really doing this. Yes. That's it. What took Somebody you went early, it but... It was Nick. Sorry. Uh, can we do that again, guys? I thought, right. I, was do, I thought I was going to do five again. <laughs> the, the woman is slowing you down. No, I wasn't. No, no I got one told it me that it was time. Five. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you what. I didn't know that it was written for the show. Yeah. But it did become a hit. Here we go. No. You're a dick. What? Oh, was that me this time? Damn it. Oh, Dude, son of a bitch. You threw me off so much, I didn't clap at all. Wait, play it back. You can hear something. Uh, who did that? When, when, that, uh, that was when, before Kathy was on board, we had a, a cast member, Gina Crash, yes. and she could not do that to no. save her no. life. In fact, she really? broke her wrist. She, could, <laughs> she, she couldn't get the timing right on oh, it. Oh, man. Anyhow, so the um, uh, Friends premiered about a week after they wrapped, and the Rembrandts returned their focus to their forthcoming uh, album uh, called LP, but after a Nashville radio program director named Charlie Quinn played a looped version of the 45-second theme song, it became clear that the public wanted more. Uh, he said it got crazy requests, the phone lines started blowing up, and all the sister stations started playing it, and it went national. Um, it was uh, LP, the album was completely done, but their label insisted they record a longer edition of the Friends theme and add it to the end of the album. So at first it was just... That tiny little I remember that. intro, yeah. yeah. but they expanded it and made it a full-length song. It was so huge at the time. I mean, mm-hmm. everything, the, the Friends were on the cover of every Entertainment Weekly and People and whatever. And You remember it took a while to build into that, though. So it was right. on for a little bit, and when then, it, hit, and then it became yeah. the focal point for that 90s generation. So the band wasn't really thrilled that they were asked to do that, you know, because it seemed kind of cheap. Right. Uh, but they eventually came to appreciate the song's success. He said it didn't really fit, but it helped sell that record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they, uh, they had a tremendous amount of success from it. And it kept it from eating government cheese for a decade. Mm-hmm. All right. Gilligan's Island. 
Yes. Ballad of Gilligan's Isle. So the interesting story behind this, I had no idea that John Williams was involved in this. So years before John Williams came to claim for composing Star Wars yeah. and everything else that he did. Legendary composer. He came up with a Calypso intro for Gilligan's Island, written and performed by the show's producer, Sherwood Schwartz. Not only did the song sound completely different from the one we're familiar with today, but the lyrics tell a slightly different story as well. The professor is just a high school teacher. Ginger and Marianne were two secretaries, and the passengers take a six-hour ride instead of a three-hour tour. Well, that explains why they have steamer trunks full of luggage. Well, by the time the show premiered, though, it, it changed. Schwartz had scrapped the song for The Ballad of Gilligan's Isle, which he composed with George Wiley and booked folk singers, the Wellingtons, who we hear here singing, uh, to perform. Schwartz wasn't quite done tweaking the tune, though. In the version that aired during season one of Gilligan's Island, the list of passengers ends with the movie star and the rest. Right. Omitting both the professor and Marianne. According to MeTV, this was because... Tina Louise Ginger, her contract mandated that her name come last in the credits. Wow. That's why they left the two of them out. So for season two, it was actually Bob Denver that stepped in, who played Gilligan, of course, and he told the producers that unless they worked in those two castaways into the opening credits, he'd like his name to get bumped to the end of the credits in solidarity with him. And since Denver was the top billed cast member, they agreed to do it. So the professor... He said, the professor and I still send each other little notes saying, love the rest. According, or Dawn Wells had said that on Today in 1994. There was another, so there was a cast member, another a, a woman who was traded out early in the beginning of Gilligan's Island. I think they either brought on Marianne or Tina Louise. I forget how the legend and lore goes, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was just seemed kind of dismissive and the rest. And so a couple of losers, you know, they just tag but it was on because of, of her contract, yeah. because of Tina Louise's contract. I never knew that story till this morning. By the way, Jerry Van Dyke was initially offered the role as Bob Denver. Can you see if who the, the there was a, a different actress, Nick, that was part of the original cast who who didn't make it to the full series run? Yeah, and actually, uh, Gilligan, uh, he had been Maynard G. Krebs on a show, um, Dobie Gillis. Dobie Gillis, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah I'll, I'll look it up, Steve. Okay. Uh, all right, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh. Okay. Of course, we know that one very, very well. Now this is a story. Uh, when NBC gave Andy Burowitz the green light for The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he already knew that he wanted the theme song to tell the story of how Will Smith's character's, uh, character ended up in Bel-Air. Um, and he said, I was like, we're basically doing the hip-hop Beverly Hillbillies here. Let's not run away from that. Let's just go for it. So that's why kind of the storytelling yeah. song like they did with the Beverly Hillbillies. I think it's a smart move, too, at least in the first season of a show so that people can immediately get a thumbnail sketch of what it's about. Yep. They should have uh, taken this approach with The Sopranos. <laughs> um, so he told Entertainment Weekly it was near the end of the pilot season and Barrowitz didn't have much time to deliver an episode to the network. Luckily... Smith didn't need much time to write the now iconic bars. Uh, according to him, he said, uh, we literally went into the studio, made the theme song, about 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, no my way. God. Yep. There's <laughs> the Prince of Bel-Air. DJ Jazzy Jeff, the other half of Smith's hip-hop duo, told Entertainment Weekly, I ended up just going in and programming some music, and he wrote something and laid it down. I did a rough mix, sent it in. About three weeks, oh it was on NBC. <laughs> in, the, wow. in the opening That's credits, great. who's playing the ante? 
I don't know. Oh. I think it might be somebody who maybe the same person from uh, Parents Just Don't Understand that video because there were yeah. there were a few goofy characters in that video, right, remember, right. which is very similar to this with the graffiti and stuff right. in yeah. in, uh, in the opening of this. It, she might have been in the same video. Okay. Um, I'm not sure from Parents Just Don't Understand. Uh, Marissa found a missing verse from that song. I, it's not a joke, or at least I don't think it's a joke. From, uh, from Prince Bel Yeah, so that apparently you know there's what? A, yeah. yeah, I did read that there was supposed to be more to that. Here we go. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. I said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. I begged and pleaded with her day after day, but she packed my suitcase and sent me on my way. She gave me a kiss and then she gave me my ticket. I put my Walkman on and said, I might as well kick it. First class, yo, this is bad. Drinking orange juice out of a champagne glass. Is this what the people of Bel Air living like? Hmm, this might be all right. I whistled for a cab and when it came near, the wow. house breaks in cool. dice in the mirror. I guess they had to... Uh, they had to cut it shorter. The ballet. I saw him do that live at uh, Live 8. You remember mm-hmm. that show? Oh, uh, what was it, that like? It was fantastic. Yeah. Everybody in the audience was singing along. They Everybody knows the words to it. And it's, you know, Philly's hometown hero and Will Smith doing it in front of a Philly crowd. It was really cool. There's another lyric, apparently, where he mentions MMR, Preston. Yeah. <laughs> there is? No, I missed it. Uh, okay, so here's another iconic TV show theme song and the story behind it. The Andy Griffith Show. The song actually has a title other than just The Andy Griffith Show. It's called The Fishing Hole. The Andy Griffith Show. The Andy Griffith Show. Andy Griffith. Actually, the first person um, I heard that they tried to get to record this couldn't actually whistle. And uh, it was... It was a... uh, It was a beakless (laughs) rooster. (laughs) Uh, it's just not going to work. They call it the fishing hole because in the beginning they're they're heading the off fishing. fishing poles yeah. and, and they're they're heading out father son do a little fishing. Uh, composed... The original title was I like holes. And they thought <laughs> that was too, too suggestive. <laughs> What's this show about? Uh, it's a sheriff who really well you forget it. Uh, Comperl, uh composer Earl Hagen, not Comperl. <laughs> oh, that's what his friends called him. Comperl. That guy's a composer and his name's Earl. That guy's good. He wrote a fishing hole song. Get <laughs> Comperl on the phone. That's Comperl. Comperl! <laughs> We're going fishing! <laughs> Do you remember the time? Wait, why Wait. did we have it slowed down one time? Do you uh, okay, that? so. Was, somebody was when died. Andy Griffith died. Yeah. 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 I, I, That's right. I made some. <laughs> and then we wanted to do yeah. something a little more morose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A little yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, the Andy Griffith Show. The Andy Griffith Show. <laughs> Starring oh. Andy Griffith. Okay. And Comperl. Um, so, composer, Comperl Earl Hagen, uh, who was also behind the themes for The Dick Van Dyke Show and That Girl, uh, didn't have an easy time dreaming up a simple song for The Andy Griffith Show until he realized just how simple it should be. He said, one morning I got up after beating our brains out for a couple of months, and I thought uh, that this thing ought to be simple enough to whistle. And it took me about 10 minutes to write it. Wow. These guys, once they get an idea, they just it bang just goes, it out. It just goes, yeah. Um, yeah. He said he had presented it to producer Sheldon Leonard, who immediately suggested filming Andy Griffith and Ron Howard ambling lakeside with fishing poles while the song played. And I'm guessing that lake that they're walking to is some sort of pond on the set of... Whatever studio they were shooting for. Maybe, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Hagen himself whistled on the track. He oh. said, I had never whistled before in my life and never since. And the bitch was he had just come for, as a judge. He had just judged a cracker contest. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh. So, a cracker tasting contest. It was just horrible <laughs> confluence of events. <laughs> I find this hard to believe he had never whistled before in his life. No, he's a liar, and that's why he was drummed out of the business. (laughs) Though the fishing hole was instrumental in the show, actor Everett Sloan, who guest starred as farmer Jubal Foster in a season two episode, later wrote lyrics for it. And Griffith sang sang them for the 1961 album songs, uh, the 61 album called Songs, Themes, and Laughs from the Andy Griffith Show. Marissa, see if you can find Andy Griffith singing the lyrics to the theme song. Griffith actually had a a number of albums. He He was uh, a talented musician. He was a talented musician, yeah. He could play guitar and sing and... uh, his his old stand up stuff was fun. It was you know it was very down homey, of and, course. You know, and then he talked about uh, progressive sort of Eurosex stuff going on at the time. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> and uh, then Germans they, they like some crazy stuff. When when I when my first radio job was in a town called Salem, Missouri, middle of nowhere, and there there was a group that used to appear on the Andy Griffith Show called the Darlings. I remember the Darlings, and they also used to appear on um, Hee Haw. No, not Hee Haw, but uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, they did a crossover, right? Yeah, and they were from Salem, Missouri. And were their, they? Their name, I think, their real name were the Dillons. Yeah, and uh, so they were like our local celebrities because one of them still lived in town. They were sort of they the nine inch re- nails were, of their time. They were the nine inch nails of bluegrass. Now yeah. they were they were bluegrass, and they were. You know, really good bluegrass musicians are incredibly talented, yes. and that was that was their deal. But so that was my kind of brush <laughs> with yokel fame. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, while Marissa's looking for that, and we'll circle back the Batman theme song. Neil Hefty, right? Got the story behind this. Yeah, Neil Hefty wrote it. Batman's theme song has been covered so often in the last half century that younger fans might not even know where it originated. Uh, the year was 1966. The show was the animated series Batman. And the musical genius, was Steve said, was Neil Hefty. In a 2006 interview, Hefty admitted that he had struggled to develop a tune that was outrageous as the show itself. And he didn't have high hopes for his uh, pitch to producers. He said, I had to sing it and play it on the piano. He said, first, I'm no singer and I'm no pianist. Uh, he said, my first thought was that they were going to throw me out very quickly, but as soon, as, but as I was going through it, I heard them both reacting with statements like, oh, that's kicky. It's kicky. Uh, that would be good in the car chase. Uh, Hefty eventually used eight singers to bring the Batman chorus to life, but he suggested cutting two different tracks in case producer William Dozier preferred a purely instrumental intro. God, when uh, I see this, so this is... This was my entree into my lifelong adoration of Batman. Uh, though Dozier, you like Batman? what's that? A little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, though Dozier chose the vocal version, Batman star Adam West later propagated the myth that instruments, not voices, were behind the Batman bit. I said, "Old pals would uh, call to congratulate me and also to ask, are those horns or voices saying Batman during your theme song?" And he wrote in his biography, uh, "They were horns." Uh, since. <laughs> The single word did technically qualify as lyrics. Hefty was credited as both songwriter and composer. Uh, one of the choir members on the recording session wrote on his part, uh, word and music by Neil Hefty, uh, he had said. So there word, you go. He got, word and music. He got a couple yeah. of... Is it uh, still used of, in some form? The only as 
just sort of fun acknowledgement of the past. But I mean that op- the animated opening of that series and that poster. I, I, I as I've said on air before, I begged my mother to put let me put that poster near the TV so Batman knew I was watching when it. <laughs> And apparently he did. Steve, over three seasons. It was only on for three seasons. Yeah. How many episodes, do you think? I'm going to say, at those times, they do like, uh, let's go with uh, 90. 120. 120, yeah. 40, 40 yeah. episodes. In three seasons? Yeah. 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 Season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way they used to do it wow. back then. Yeah. All right. We have the Andy Griffith uh, theme song of him singing along with it. So hang on a second. Let me back this up and see what we get. Well, now take down your fishing pole and meet me at the vision hole we may not get a bite all day but don't you rush away what a great place to rest your bones and mighty fine for skipping stones you'll feel fresh as a lemonade setting in the shade weather is hot weather it's cool That's cute. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> that should be a wedding song. Kind of jazzy. Yeah. I dig it. Okay. Uh, let me see. I think I have two more. Yeah, two more. Uh, Sesame Street. The name of the song is Sunny Days. Beautiful song. Uh, when it came to the opening song, creator John Stone loved Joe uh, Raposo's composition just as much as he hated Bruce Hart's lyrics. Uh, and he hated he, the lyrics to the song? Yeah, and he didn't downplay either emotion. According to Michael Davis's book, Street Gang, The Complete History of Sesame Street, Stone called uh, Raposo's music just plain brilliant. Uh, commending how it was melodic and easy enough for a child to recognize and even sing along to, but still had a musical sophistication to it. Though it was Stone's idea to center the song around the line, Can You Tell Me How to Get to Sesame Street? He thought the rest of Hart's platitudinousness, kitty show lyrics, oh, come on. were trite and thoughtless. Oh, I mean... Of course there's going to be platitudes in a song that is, that's geared at four-year-olds. Not even, like infants. What was he looking for? He said, I don't know, Dark Side of the Moon? Yeah, <laughs> he right. Said, he said, I kept thinking that in a you week... You can't get to Sesame Street if you can't go eat your pudding. <laughs> <laughs> He said, I kept thinking that in a week or so, I'd get around to getting rid of such hackneyed phrases as it's a magic carpet ride. But I never did. And once it aired, there was no way to go back and make repairs. Driving strife on the streets. <laughs> Nowhere to turn. Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street so I can feel the burn? Uh, okay, you like that, Billy? Uh, he called the whole work a musical masterpiece and lyrical embarrassment. Well, well oh that is God, too that... damn harsh. Well, A, terrible. would you really call it, is it music-wise, it's sweet, it's bouncy? He's treating it like it's Beethoven. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think if you push one of the buttons on like a a, 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 a synthesizer, yeah. it'll play that automatically. It's yeah. a song for babies. Yeah. And I don't know about the show, but at least at Sesame Place, the amusement park, they still play it. Oh, they have to. And don't kids, they light up when they hear it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun song. Except Uh, this jerk off. They eventually (laughs) did, uh, they had the harmonica play along with it. There was an instrumental version. That might have been at the end. There was a really, really famous harmonica player. I've forgotten his name. 
Uh, Toots, I think, was his name. Oh, really? Yeah. Toots, Toots Mayhorn? Um, Nick, can you look it up? I can, yeah. This guy, Joe Raposo, by the way, wrote two uh, staples from Sesame Street. He wrote Being Green, It's Uneasy Being Green, and C is for Cookie. Oh, wow. Cookie Monster. Yeah, so um, Joe Raposo had um, hits within the Sesame Street world as well. It's not easy being, being green. green. Being the color of snot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a beautiful song. Um, that is. They had some really great people attached to that stuff. I'm just, I'm just stunned that the the guy was that irate Seriously? about the simple, <laughs> sweet lyrics yeah. to the song. Yeah, I don't get that. Uh, Toots Thielmans. Okay. So name. Toots, Toots isn't the one that isn't he the one who plays the harmonica on the Billy Joel song? Yes. Uh, which oh. what song was that? Uh, did... The Stranger. Is that how it goes? No, yeah. no, 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 no. The Harmonica Man. Uh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, the hell is it? I can hear it in my head. Yeah, I, I keep seeing, it's not dream a little dream, but it's, it's something like, oh yeah, Steve. It's it's a text messages. Please help us, help us, or, or you know, look him up on Wikipedia. I got you, and uh, look up his look under um, toots and see what comes up. Hang on a second here. Looking Leave for Mister Goodbar, nineteen eighties and later. Hang on a second here. Um, Leave a tender moment. Okay. Yeah. Yes. There you That's go. That's Kathy, you've won uh, the I... Scorpion King. <laughs> he actually played on a bunch of famous stuff. He's uh, he was just a uh, he was one of the great harmonica players. Wow, he performed Jaco Pastorius. Wow, okay. Uh, appeared on the Julian Lennon song "Too Late for Goodbyes." Oh. Much too late for goodbyes. Yeah. Remember that? that song? Yeah. Um, and yeah, leave a tender moment alone. So he did a lot of stuff. Uh, he worked with a lot of famous people. Anyway. We're moving on to the final one here that I have on this list of uh, stories behind uh, TV show theme songs. Well, this is better than I thought it was going to be. I told you it was yeah, solid. Yeah. This is from Metal Floss, by the way. There were a few that I left out of here, but um, these like were... Like the 60 Minutes theme. These were the biggies. No, there were a couple that I, I was just like, I, I, I never, I don't, I'm not familiar with that <laughs> 60 show. Minutes theme, it's a clock. Tick, 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 tick. Uh, <laughs> there was uh, the Proud Family. Um, no, no. Nope. And a couple of current ones that aren't quite as iconic as these. So... Uh, this one's for Nick. His all-time favorite show. Cheers. Where everybody knows your name. Uh, in the early 1980s, uh, Gary Portnoy and Judy Hart Angelo were busy mailing cassette tapes featuring songs from their fledgling Broadway show, Preppies, to potential backers in the entertainment industry. Soon, the musicians were contacted by brothers Glenn and Les Charles, uh, who didn't want to invest in the musical at all. Instead, they wanted to buy its opening number called People Like Us for their upcoming NBC sitcom, Cheers. Huh. Uh, since Preppy's producers wouldn't let them poach it, the Charles Brothers simply commissioned Portnoy and Hart Angelo to pen a similar song for the TV series. So do me a favor, Marissa, if you wouldn't mind, uh, look up the song People Like Us from Preppies and see if we can find that because that would have been the theme song. Of course, the, the legendary multi-award winning Preppies show. <laughs> um, so anyhow, uh, they, they wrote a song. Uh, what they originally wrote centered on Ted Danson's rather amorous character Sam and classic Boston culture. Lyrics included singing the blues when the Red Sox lose. <laughs> it's a crisis in your life. On the run because all your girlfriends want to be your wife. 
if so you was speaking directly to Sam, right? If you watch, lifestyle. if you watch Cheers and they don't include the entire theme song, you're not really watching <laughs> Cheers, you, like because they would cut to the chorus sometimes, and I always felt gypped. I, I needed that long uh, melodic piano intro. Intro. Yeah, we, uh, my daughter and I recently watched um, all of the the show Gravity Falls, and it's got a fun theme song to it, and we would sing along to it. But there were a couple of episodes that were longer than normal, right. so they had to cut it short. I'm like. What the hell? What'd you do? They yeah. do that with the do? Simpsons all the time. Yeah, yeah. so robbed. the Simpsons, yeah, you'll 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 you know you'll cut from one of the early parts of the theme song to Homer getting you know smashed into the uh, garage door. Mm-hmm. When listening to the Cheers theme song, it it calms me. Like there's there's something. Yeah, it's it's comforting. It's a really yeah. uplifting. Uh, message. Yeah, John Ratzenberger wasn't even in part of the yeah. list of characters. In no, the it was Tina Luis. <laughs> it was not Tina. He was like she a guest. Insisted. Yeah. yeah, he was a guest actor on most of the first season. That's yeah. the kind of clout Tina Luis have had off of Gilligan's Island. Preston, she demanded she be in the opening credits for Cheers. So, with the, the, the first set of lyrics I read to you, um, uh, they said they called us back and said we really love that, but uh, but we love our show and think it's going to run forever. So if you could make the verse more universal in nature as opposed to just about Sam. If you could make the crap you wrote a little bit better, that would be great. Portnoy had said the, the duo took their advice and they ended up with Where Everybody Knows Your Name, which Portnoy recorded himself, all six singing parts, all the harmonies on that. That's him mm-hmm. singing. And as probably has lived off that song. Yeah. I mean, because I don't remember Preppies ever breaking big. So we went to Cheers uh, years and years ago when, when my father was still alive. And so when we, we made sure that he was the last person to walk into the bar. By the way, the bar looks nothing like no, the, no, the, the, it, the TV it's, it's much more claustrophobic. But it's just, it's such a great memory that I'll, I'll oh, take forever because yeah. when he walked in, we were all, <laughs> but on the outside, it, yeah. it did look very similar. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. The outside was, you know, that's... Um, what was it called? The the, the Bull and Finch, I Bull believe? Bull and Finch, yeah. 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 Uh, by the way, here oh. is... First, let's go and let's play a little bit of Toots playing on yeah. uh, Billy Joel. It's a great song. This is a great song. Yeah. Yeah. It's about a woman who murdered her husband, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, he was an abusive yeah, husband. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> like enjoy the murder. Right. Even though I'm in love. Great song. Nice. Um, all right, and then this is what could have been the Cheers theme song. Here we go. People like us never need to be told somewhat fair and a tale. Oh God, no! Don't perignon a baymare from a roam. This we know from the time when we hide. Thing sucks. Pearls wear pearls and a long oh, yeah, dress. It's not bad. It's just... It, I, they're all singing in unison. They're, maybe they'll split up in the harmonies here. Let me ask you something. Sounds like church. Yeah. Do, yeah. Is it that you don't like it because you're so associating the theme. You may have come to love it. Exactly. If you heard it all right. the time it with, a show with a show that you love. That you really dug. You right. may have, over time, really appreciated it. There was one of those gimmicky bars in Boston that was called Cheers. 
Uh, and that recently closed. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but it was it was modeled after the TV show, not the Bull and Finch, but an actual like Cheers style. That was bar. a franchise. Yeah, that you could purchase those. At, at, like they, they would have a Norman Cliff sitting at the end of the bar, right? And, yeah. yeah, and they just closed recently. Which They're is in airports, bad. though, aren't they? They are. Some of yeah, them? I sat at one in the Detroit airport for like six hours because I missed a flight one time. <laughs> I'm like, well, I might as well go to Cheers. Where were you flying to, Nick? I wasn't flying anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I just really love this airport. On, that was well, it's a sad story. But it was Christmas Eve. Oh I missed God. the plane. Oh. Oh, jeez. Oh, I know, man. What? Was, song was, about it. That guy's a big hit. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. There was, like, all these delays because it was a winter storm. Anyway, back to the theme song. <laughs> that's a Hallmark movie. Uh, You're right. Yes. Yeah. That's with you could play it, Nick. <laughs> Where you uh, you sit there talking to the uh, plast- plastic uh, norm and... <laughs> Hey guys, no. I used to watch your show all the time. And then the uh, the, the the bartenders are really attractive, uh, you know, yeah. uh, single mom. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. I love it. Your head is enormous. <laughs> Just want to get home for Christmas. <laughs> May I decorate your head? We don't have a tree. Here. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas head. Jack <laughs> Wayne is the Christmas head. <laughs> Come, children. Oh, wow. Gather around the oh Christmas Oh, my God, head. that's a beautiful... Oh, that's a man. <laughs> Hold still. All right, Steve, this is the last part of this, and this answers all your questions that you had about uh, the theme song and these people. The beloved theme song still generates healthy royalty checks for its creators, but the same can't be said for their ill-fated musical. Preppies debuted off-Broadway to lackluster reviews and shuttered just weeks later. So they were they were going to sort of make it difficult. Now, they fought, obviously, to get their deal. But sometimes, you you know, yeah. you got to leave a tender moment alone. That's right. <laughs> yes, you absolutely do, as Billy Joel had told us. I love the harmonica when played properly. I agree. Not with your ass. No. <laughs> You mean like how, uh, wait, uh, Alanis Morissette plays it by shoving the entire thing <laughs> right, in her mouth. Right. And then smiling. Right. Ooh, I'm in love. All right, anyhow, I thought that was a pretty interesting list. Uh, we need to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. We'll get some beat file stories for you. Stay there. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at acmemarkets.com and an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. Visit acmemarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. 
in the Bizarre File this morning, brought to you by Natural Lawn of America. It's safer for your lawn, kids, and pets. Schedule their full-service program and get free seeding every year. Call 800-FREE-SEED, Natural Lawn of America. Greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. Well, everybody and their brother sent me this story, and I definitely am going to put it here in the B-File. A Paris Zoo showed a mysterious new organism on Wednesday that they have dubbed the Blob. Yeah. A yellowish unicellular small living being which looks like a fungus but acts like an animal this newest exhibit of the paris zoological park which goes on display to the public on saturday has no mouth no stomach no eyes yet it can detect food and digest it the blob has been has almost 720 sexes can move without legs or wings and heals itself in two minutes if it's cut in half so this really does possess the properties of the classic science fiction monster, the Blob. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how did they kill that thing? The, they froze it. They didn't kill it. Yep. Remember, they froze it and dropped it off at the I uh, North Pole. I never watched it. And I never... Okay. Yeah. They used uh, CO2-based uh, fire extinguishers. CO2! To, to back it off. And then they, then they froze it. And then they dropped it somewhere in the Arctic. Uh, the Blob is a living being which belongs to one of nature's mysteries, said Bruno David, director of the Paris Museum of Natural History. It surprises us because it has no brain but is able to learn. And if you merge two blobs, the one that has learned will transmit its knowledge to the other. This Stop is the beginning it. of the end. Oh my yeah, God. because think think of a think of a sentient creature that possesses these capabilities. Yeah. So uh, and it was named after the the horror film. So yeah. that's that's where they got it. So we'll see if there is more research at a ton of what we find out <laughs> about the blob. <laughs> hey kids, let's go see the blob. Uh, this woman probably loves chicken nuggets more than you do. A bride was recently thrilled to receive a bouquet containing greens and chicken nuggets from family members. Uh, Tyson helped out with the bouquet, and the brand wrote on Instagram, Kisses and Nugs, <laughs> to Adam and Blair Tyson, wishing them a lifetime of fun nugget love. It's a dream come true. <laughs> from our Tyson family to theirs. The brand. Look, dipping chops. <laughs> they also gifted them a year's worth of Tyson chicken nuggets, too. I Listen, and I, I love chicken nuggets. Yeah. I love chicken fingers. I love boneless wings. Mm-hmm. I've said it. Now you do something about it. Okay. Uh, so I don't know why they gave them all these chicken nuggets. Just because their last name was Tyson, I'm not really sure. So who knows? But they're in love. They're in love. We're in love. And we have nuggets. Two Randy Scottish senior citizens were caught in a sordid romp on a bus outside Uh a hospital in broad daylight. Uh, The shameless couple were spotted in a sleazy sex act by a shocked passenger who started to film them. It happened on board the Stewards Coaches number 111 bus, and it was parked at a hospital in Airdrie, just yards from a cancer treatment center. And it's claimed the frisky elderly couple swiped their... Uh, apparently, their uh, senior passes to get on the bus and then went straight into the sordid tryst. Onlookers watched in disgust as the Randy pensioners were caught in the sordid romp. A 20-second video of the X-rated tryst was posted online. Did you see it? No, I did not get a chance to see it, and it became an instant hit. It is understood the pair were tossed off of the bus by the driver after he discovered their X-rated activities. The clip shows the mystery couple passionately kissing as the man performs a sex act on his female companion as cars drive past so the bus. So he's performing a sex act on her? That's what it says, and they're not going into specifics. So, <laughs> hey, And they were kissing, so, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it's, you know, I listen. 
Make it up in your own head. As source added... Let's try some finger blasting. <laughs> so I'll do with my arthritis and my extra bony knuckles to deliver a whole wealth of pleasure to your rotten vagina. Oh, oh dear God. Hey. My Lord. Listen, it's a short bus ride. Uh, you have any hopes of having an orgasm, I'm going to use the middle digit <laughs> as it looks like a naughty piece of wood. <laughs> I don't think we're on the air anymore. <laughs> Preston just left. <laughs> uh, Nick found the video. Well, you know, I, I blame the uh, the Sun, the British tabloid, because they blurred out what's going on here. It's hard you to tell. don't want to yeah. see it. <laughs> kind of want to see it. <laughs> Listen, and I pulled everything out. Our lung was on the end of my finger. <laughs> I think oh. you're going to want this back, Lassie. Oh, God. This helps with the creation of bile. <laughs> the pancreas came out, too? Came out on my ring finger. <laughs> <laughs> Here, pop that back in. <laughs> the source said they yeah, got on the... Let me spit on it. Oh, my God. A source added they got on the bus using their concession passes like any other pensioners, but they obviously fancied a quickie and didn't make any attempts to hide what was going on. They were just going at it right there on the seats. You can hear the bus engine running in the background. Mm. Uh, so uh, I no word on if they were you know busted or kicked off. Well, the, they they were they were off kicked the bus, off, but um, I don't know if they got in any legal. Do trial. they look to be extremely elderly, or are they simply uh, pensioners? We assume they're of retirement they, age. They right? look pretty old. I mean, it's a blurry clip, and it's, some, some of it's blurred out. But he's clearly Steve using his right arm. There wow. you go. Okay, <laughs> uh, here's the story. Arm-rand. We're gonna reel it back just a little bit. And I up to my bicep. <laughs> <laughs> God. Okay. Uh, A dog owner, this is in the UK, uh, was left horrified after his Jack Russell pulled a giant dildo from a bush. Oh, my God. Which one? George? (laughs) No. (laughs) Laura. Probably Laura. Yeah. Uh, Shocked, Ian Craig was at uh, Belburnie Park. When his hound, Alfie, retrieved the large black rubber device, he said Alfie came back with what looked like a stick, but it soon became apparent it was clearly something quite different. Mm. It was the length of the dog, and I admit I was shocked. I left it where the dog dropped it. And the dog was a bull master. (laughs) He said this all happened close to the uh, craft center and allotment area in the park. And it seems that other have come across similar, similar items, too. Another visitor, George Smith, stumbled across a white rubber sex doll or not sex doll, sex toy while he was walking in the park. So the question is, who uses these things and then just dispense, disposes of them? Yeah. Right? They're, they're, at least it's our understanding. Yeah. They've they got to be rich. Right? Yeah. Because they're expensive, these things. He said, I was in the same park when I found a different sex toy. Uh, news of the fines has prompted community leaders to call on the local council to clean up the area. And that is all that we have time for right now in the Bizarre File. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Money Clips. Wow, we have a lot of clips. Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your money clip up to seven times a day. 
Starting Monday at 8 a.m., 10, and noon. Then 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. We'll play one of your favorite Preston and Steve clips. Where are the sausages? And also give you a keyword. Text that to 45911. Or enter it on our website or app to get in the running for the $10,000 grand prize every time you play. That's crazy! See official rules and details at WMMR.com. Ninety-three-three WMMR. They rock, guys. Up everybody. Everything that rocks. Kathy sent me this article, which has some interesting t- statistics about the average Americans and excuses that they make to validate decisions. And there are quite after doing this uh, particular study, they found that we as Americans, on average, will make. 2,190 excuses to validate your decision per year. What's that number again? 2,190 excuses. That's that's an average. Per year. It's about six a day. Six a day. That you make six excuses a day. Do you think that holds true for you? Uh, probably because they are along the lines of, uh, I'm tired or, um, you know, I, I, I don't have enough time right now and things like that. So so no, they, they can be just that. Uh, yeah. What do you want from me? Get off my back. <laughs> yeah. Get off my yeah. back. Yeah. I'm stupid. Uh, an excuse for not finishing your work for the day. Yeah. excuse for uh, not doing the whatever chores you had planned yeah. on doing. An excuse for missing a meeting, you know, whatever it may be. And, and you will make these excuses several times a day. If you live long enough, your excuses become pared down like, uh, I didn't care. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, you just be honest I, about it. I, I don't yeah. care. That's my excuse. Here's my excuse. I don't want to. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no actual excuse to that. That's a bona fide fact. That's yeah. why I didn't do this. I didn't want to. Yeah, so the results uh, revealed that the ever-popular I'm too tired uh, topped the list of common excuses. Okay. Yep. I, it, now I, I know think that that's an excuse for me. I am too tired. It's, uh, that's what I was thinking, Kathy. <laughs> if it's a legitimate reason... Does it cease to become an excuse, or is it more an explanation? Listen, I uh, watching uh, Tom Papa's latest uh, uh, stand-up routine, which is called "You're Doing Great." Uh, he he kind of leads with that. He's like, "You're tired. I know. Everybody's tired. That's the way it is. Everyone is tired. There's no one who is not tired. At least at some point in the day, everybody is tired. I don't. Do you guys know any people that are just go get them all the time? Yeah, I don't. They're annoying, my, those people. My brother is that way. My youngest brother, Josh, oh. I, and, and I, it's not like the rest of the family is that way, but Josh gets up at the crack of dawn every day before, and he gets up before dawn, and he goes and goes and goes all day. It's, it's, I don't, maybe he's adopted because he's not like anybody else in the family. It's remarkable. Well, you know what? I actually, I mean, I do, I don't take a nap. I go from, you know, 3.45 in the morning till, you know, when you I get tired. I mean, you're you're human. Yeah, like today I'm tired, and I don't know why because I got a, a good amount of sleep last night. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just it. it I, I think uh, yeah, sometime during the day, at some point, you'll sit there. A lot of times, I've had it happen. Do you ever have that day, the, the, the occurrence where in the mid afternoon it happens to me? Like if I happen to stop by the the Seven Eleven or something to get milk, and your heated seat in the car is on, 
and you just there and you're just you just you just sit there like like semi comatose because it's so so comfortable, you know. Yeah. I find that like, like it's it's those little moments. I'm gonna stay here in this parking lot for another uh, hour. Well, it's on my drive home that it hits me, and I'm just like just warms you. Yeah. I was yeah. a long like, right, drive. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna exercise. I'm gonna get my prep work done for tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm and about ten minutes off. from home, and I'm like, I need a nap. Yeah, <laughs> if I, don't I need like, a nap, that's it, what they're saying. That the the excuses are. It's, all right, it's, okay. It's the excuse, I'm too tired, so you don't have to work out, uh, or you know, not you're not eating healthy. You're not running. Errands, things yep. like that. I, yep. I do work out. I just the the what happens is that the 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 time frame shifts. Uh, not now, not now. You know, and and that's what I I do to myself. But yeah, okay. Then I guess I'm good for about six or eight excuses a day. And then there there are people that have just really lame excuses or flat out lies as well. And uh, it's funny because. We would, uh, you know, when we have uh, interns, and it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but our interns are in their early 20s. Yeah. That's when you, you lie a little bit more. And, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About why they can't make it right, in right, that right. particular morning. And it, most of the times they'll be like, yeah, right, whatever, man. <laughs> it makes me cringe uh, to look back and think about all those things. that I, When I was 18, 19, 20, 21 <laughs> years too. old. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, my it's, God, yes. It's what you come up with. It's, it's like... And no one's going to be on to it. Yeah. This one's going to work. I had a teacher or a professor in college that I couldn't stand. And it wasn't until I went back and I actually found the old notebooks and, and papers that I wrote for this professor uh, when I was cleaning out uh, my basement. And I came to this realization that she was never the problem, that I was the problem the entire time. And, uh, and it, I mean, it sucked. It real. I mean, that was like a real come to Jesus moment at right. that point. I'm like, oh. I'm no. the a-hole. Uh, I'm the yeah, a-hole. Yeah, yeah. She was never the a-hole, and I was. I was a little bratty 21-year-old kid. Now I'm just a, a bratty 44-year-old kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep, you made it. Uh, so the study looked not only at the common excuses that Americans give, but also delved into what those excuses are used for. In a single month, two in five make an excuse for buying something they didn't need, <laughs> well. Kathy. Yeah. What okay. do you mean? <laughs> well, a further 36% make an excuse for binge-watching television. Okay, so listen. Uh, everything that I buy, I need. My tactical <laughs> shovel is ready to go. It's in the trunk of my car. The Batman and, uh, bus, you need The thing that. about that is you never know when you're going to need it. No, so you need it. I have every confidence, though, and I've stated this publicly. I know that when I need it, I will forget I have it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God, we do that all the time. All the time. I know, oh. Preston. I will be, I, and I know what the scenario is going to be. It's going to be next winter. The car is going to be stuck in ice. I'm going to be there with a spork trying to get the back tire out. And sitting in my trunk will be my tactical shovel in a bag. And I have completely forgotten about it. How often do you buy things you realize you already had three of them oh, anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, that happens with food with us all yeah. the time. I need you to pick up some sour cream, you know, and I'll bring sour cream home. And then look in the fridge, and we have three containers yeah, yeah, that are already cream. in the refrigerator. Connectors and things. So I, I, I made, uh, like, <laughs> HDMI cables or, or um, yeah. extender wires, things like that. So I, I made a concerted effort about two years ago to put everything of that kind in one place. Right. So that I, I can always at least go check. And I'm very proud of myself. I'm getting better, but it sucks when you go yeah. and you open up the closet and it's already there. You've already, you've ordered it twice. Yeah, and HDMI cables, good ones, they're not cheap. Well, mm-hmm. they're not that bad. I mean, you, you know, but I mean, still, just I put them in the same place now. Yeah. 
if I purchase something out of season as far as clothing goes, if I find like a sweater, I'm like, oh, that's nice. And I'll purchase it, you know, mm-hmm. but not yet wear it. I'm not kidding you guys. I have one time I purchased the same shirt three times. No. And I did, it's it's the, the ads on, on Instagram. They get you. I'm like, wow, that is really nice. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I think I clicked on that before, but I, I didn't buy it. I I. I purchased something one time three times, and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I had all three of them in my closet. I'm like, okay, i got to go return this. Oh, it actually just happened to me over the weekend, uh, and it, it happened because I forgot I had purchased it. I don't know why I wasn't alerted to it. I got two Blu-ray copies of the movie Car Wash. Good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why? Oh my yeah. god! What was possessing me when I ordered this a while ago? Car wash. <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen that in a while. Uh, so in a single month, two and five make an excuse for buying something they didn't need. While the further thirty six percent, like I said, make an excuse for binge watching television. I'm, I'm uh, making an excuse for binge watching no, television. No, no, no. You have to. You do. Yeah, you, you, right. you have to binge watch television. Once you start something, there's you a need lot to out finish. there. How yeah. do you know when you're done? Well, I listen. We work in a different sort of uh, industry where. Doing, excuses are important. Well, excuses for, you know, being up to date on pop culture things, like, yeah. It won't hold water. No. I mean, that's why I, That's why you'll hear me a lot of times say... What do you mean it won't hold water? We have to know what's going that's on. Abs- uh, yeah. I'm oh, saying, oh, oh, Yes, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I misunderstood what you were saying. I don't know why I got so defensive. <laughs> why are you agreeing with me? <laughs> why are you agreeing with me? I say dumb things. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's why you'll hear me say a lot of times, like, I'll watch the first few episodes of a show just at least to know what it's about, right, right, or, right, you know, right. and then then tap out after a season or whatever, because that's at least I, at least I can know what I'm talking about up to a level. Uh, over a third, thirty four percent, make excuses for not cleaning once a month. Uh, so How's your cleaning game? Or do you do you have a set things? Do you have set things in the house you're responsible for cleaning? No, uh, we all kind of chip in. It used to be my exclusive job. Used to be. Uh, the cat litter boxes. Thank God the cats died, so I don't have to do that anymore. Thank you, God. Um, so, cats. no, uh, we all pretty much share the duties. Now, my wife is is the lone laundry doer, and that it shouldn't be that way. It absolutely should not be but that. Don't way. suggest anything else. I will never let her come to you. <clears throat> I, I, I know that it's wrong, but I'm going to let her tell me it's wrong. She at least handles the loads. It's up to you to to fold and 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 put away the stuff. But I know she handles the loads. Sounded like a <clears throat> sexual We're reference, kids. which she does. You know, listen, I mean, any kind of load she'll handle it. Yeah. That's her responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Sometimes she's looking at it. And sometimes it's her back. And like several loads a day, right? Uh, oh, no, no, he's not twenty time. anymore. We don't do that anymore. I'm no, talking that's about the laundry. Me. I'm talking about the no, laundry. No, you're, you're not. You're better than she that. Has yeah. to do several loads you're a day. Better than that. Do it just one load a day. You can do two. You're a young man. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? As far as dedicated job, cat boxes. I we both do it. So, so you we, both do it. We do we do two a day. I anything that's that's uh, yard work related. Okay. The standards, the garbage, the uh, um, I, I keep my room clean. I keep my stuff uh, arranged. All those all those basic things. Um, I will vacuum periodically too. But but Claire has Claire really does. She handles the loads, and she uh, um, sends the process. I spray the weeds. That's part of mine. Uh, more, that's I do that on my. Right, own. right, right. That's like 
once a week. Yeah. Snow blowing when uh, in the summer, it's a lot easier. No, so, yeah, but, right. <laughs> all of all of the st- uh, bizarrely the standard stuff that you fall into. But I, I try to be very uh, cognizant of picking up things and, and making sure that things are in everything for, for, has a place, and mm-hmm. I make sure it's there. Yeah. All right, so, uh, yes, over a third uh, make excuses for not cleaning. On a weekly basis, excuses were most commonly given by respondents in order to avoid exercising, eating healthy, and running errands, all tied at 33%. Yeah. I I love running errands. Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah. me too. (laughs) I I don't know why, Kath. I, I just... I like I getting do. Like, car- I, yeah. I, I like checking it off my list and, and getting it done. And the I'm sense, also the sense of completion. Yeah, like yeah. And to me, that's not. You hate to be under a big load, <laughs> right? <laughs> a big load of of thing of things that you have to do. Yeah. No, but for me, like I'm the type of person. Like we, we talked about being tired. If I sit down, I'm going to fall asleep. So I can't sit down. I, I just have to keep going. So I just the errands are an easy way to do that. I agree a thousand percent. When I get home, if I were to sit down on the couch. Or if I were to do anything relaxed, I would be a dead man. So I've got to go right to working out. I've got to go g- complete all that stuff. And then may- perhaps. But, yeah, I'm right with you, Kathy. i got to yeah, keep going. That's me, exactly. The way that I will get things done, and it's almost, it works, at least 95% of it will work, right. if, if not 100% every time, is uh, if I make a list. I will yeah. do. I will do everything on the list. And lists are great. I finally bought this thing's called a boogie board, and it's not for the. It's not for the beach. It's a. It's uh, yeah, we have one. Yeah, it's an erasable uh, board that you can yeah. write mm-hmm. on. And I have the boogie boogie board is for me specifically in my location. I'll make my list, and especially on the weekends, I'll, I'll get up and the first thing I do in the morning is make my list of things I right. want to do, and I'll scratch them off the, as the day goes on. And uh, I, I will. I will. I will hold off on some allotment for myself until I finish that list mentally, like having a cocktail or some kind of a reward at the end of it. I'm like, all right, you can't do this until you finish everything on the list. And then I will I won't make excuses. I'll get that stuff done. All right. Well, that's good. You, well, you know, you know, your pitfalls and you try to correct for it. Yep. Uh, so uh, exercise and eating healthy and running errands. I do make excuses for eating healthy, which I need to stop doing. Well, during uh, uh, some of the bets are off during the pandemic, right? All bets are yeah, off. Yeah, during I mean, the yeah, you have to. Yeah. You, you got to go for the comfort food. Yep, those are excuses you guys are making. Yes, yeah, right. I know. Exactly I know right. I'm, I'm not a, disagreeing with nope. you, but like that, that's it's a medical like, fact that hers cheese bowls are a necessity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nick, you're spot on. That's exactly. I think we've all made huge. We've used that as a huge excuse for all kinds of stuff. Okay, yeah, so and I agree with that. Yeah. What, what are the, what's the difference between an excuse and like? All right, so a bona fide fact. Well, uh, all right. So your excuse for um, relaxing on on a on a healthy diet, press like because sometimes like you'll be under the weather, and I'll hear you say, "Well, I'm off my diet because I don't feel good." Yeah, and that's an excuse. Yep. Whereas I just say, "I just feel like eating it." You know, is that an excuse or is that? I think they're they're probably both. I mean, if it's something that you feel that in a in a more correct state of mind you wouldn't do yeah uh, then it's probably an excuse like i didn't I, feel like it you know like yeah, why, but, but why didn't you I cut wanted the to kill that hooker <laughs> but, but you you don't have any intent on eating healthy so yeah. i think you have to have intent first right i think you have to have uh intent to exercise <laughs> your excuse was and if you don't follow through on that you have an excuse his excuse would be i, I wanted those vegetables yeah right, right, right yeah yeah right right yeah i wanted those vegetables but if i like you know if i had to mow the lawn and i didn't mow the lawn rather than saying, oh, well, I had to do this. I I didn't feel like it. Is that an excuse or is that? Yeah. Okay. So, for yeah. like, for me, I talking about 
the core thing is every day I, I exercise. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. So if I don't do that, everything starts to fall. Right. And I and I and I, I it, it, those are the little ways you have to learn how to trick yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it seems bizarre, but you have to sort of like a uh, three card monte on yourself to convince you to do things. Uh, 29% admit to employing excuses to get out of social events each week. Mm-hmm. Oh, that and would be me. Really? Yeah. So, so, so uh, I think people don't even ask me anymore. <laughs> I, I, thought, I, I thought I thought that was mainly a guy thing because I, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, we really have to go to that. Are you a homebody, Kathy? I'm not a homebody. I do like, but like during the week to go to like some sort of event, you know, whether it's out in Bucks County or in the city, like unless it's literally on Fayette Street in Conshohocken, <laughs> not sure I'm going to make. It. And even, and there, even when it's on Fayette yeah, Street in Conshohocken, that sometimes mean... I'm still too walking, tired. Walking distance is not does not have any influence over you showing up. I, I don't. Uh, I agree. I'm, I am a homebody. So so normally in our normal work um, year outside of the pandemic, I'm out and about doing stuff with the station and doing with the show. Yeah, and so that's a lot of the stuff. But socially. I, I, you know, I don't do a lot. I don't want to do a lot. And you're right. During the week, it takes its toll. Yeah, when you have kids and and uh, I'm at like home eating cheese balls, school stuff, and all that sort of stuff. Then like your um, obligations sort of skip up a little bit. And yeah, I think it's a little comforting to know that I, when I'm going somewhere, that everybody else there doesn't want to be there either. Dude, dude, when you you guys tell me about your schedules, Preston and you and and I, I know Nick and, and Kat, well, all you guys have kids. Yeah. The the the, uh, the things you got to run to in this game and this practice and this stuff, I'd go nuts. Mm. I've been uh, yeah, I've I've been trying to appreciate that as I look at my empty calendar. I know. Yeah. yeah. And, and go, you know what? I would have had two or three things on mm-hmm. here today. Yeah. I don't have that today. Thank well, you. The... Thank you. Deadly pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. No, I, I miss I know. The, the game, like the sports practices and the games and watching them play. You know that. That is a lot of the running around, and now we just don't have it. You do miss that? Yeah, I do. Okay. I I miss it in theory, uh, but then when it's reality, I don't miss it. (laughs) It always happens. And we talk about this. You you, you you know, you greet a lot of stuff and it ends up in the calendar and it's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. And then, the, the, the you know, the morning yeah. of, it's like, why did I do this? Mm-hmm. And then you show up and do it and it's like, oh, this is why I did it. It's good. I haven't been paying attention to what Saturdays have looked like since this pandemic started because my, uh, my daughter and son, they, they run track and track meets can be, when the weather's bad, it is miserable, miserable because it's hours and hours long. I mean, it starts at 8 o'clock in the morning and goes past Six. noon. It totally stinks, and I yeah. wonder if we, I don't know if we, do, but when it's nice out, it's fine. You know, you just sit in there, yeah. you get your lawn chair. This stinks! I still, I still, I mean, that's tough. That's tough to just sit there, you uh-huh. know? Rah, rah! Uh, also, another, uh, 29% admit to uh, using excuses to get out of social events each week. 28% make weekly excuses for not wearing sunscreen. That was actually a really high one. Are you oh. kidding me? Uh-uh. Well, so high. I, By the it, way, I wear it, go, it every day. It goes on in length about why why people do that. By the way, Casey, to answer your question about excuse, yeah, uh, somebody had uh, stated this on the text messages, which might read to this. Any guilt behind it equals excuse. Yeah, that's a so good. If, that's if a you good feel barometer. if you feel a little bit okay. of guilt behind yeah. the decision you've made, just a little bit, yeah, then you've made an excuse, and sometimes that's okay, and that's the excuse I'm making right now. Yeah, and give yourself permission. Yeah. A lot of times, my father-in-law he would crack me up because he was. He had zero excuses. His whole if he didn't want to do it, he was like, "Cause I don't want to." Yeah, you know? I don't want to because you know why? Because I'm 65 years old and I've worked my whole life. And guess what? 
I don't want to. I don't want to go there, and I'm not going to go there. And I love that. Like, man, to have that, like, resolute. And it's I like, don't want you to marry my daughter. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. Except for when it impacts other people. That's sure. When, that's when you need to go, okay, I'll take one. I don't want to deliver this medicine. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't want to. I've been around for 64 years. Six. Yeah. Uh, so the top, let me let me run down these. The, the five most common excuses, uh, I'm too tired, uh, I don't have enough money is another one. That sometimes that's accurate, though. That, but yeah. only if you're using it as an If you're an drinking excuse. Sterno in an alleyway, that's probably legit. When it's an excuse <laughs> is when you really do have enough money, but you're saying, I don't have enough yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number three is, I don't have enough time. Uh, number four is, it's too inconvenient. Yeah. Uh, and number five is, I'm too forgetful, you know, which the- is typical homework excuse. I forgot. Yeah, I didn't know. How do you fight that? That's a lie. uh, It's interesting, Preston, because excuse number three and two, they don't really apply right now. The the, I don't have time during a pandemic is just not true. People have time. And so if if you get an excuse like Casey, I don't know if you've encountered this, but, you know, occasionally we'll reach out to potential guests and... uh, (laughs) They don't really have an excuse for not coming on the show these days, you know. Yeah, like, right. if you just because you don't want to get up in the morning, all right, that's fine. But you, you have the time. Well, yeah. they, 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 we forget there's a substantial amount of people that are still have have not stopped going to work, and so for them, uh, they you know the, the, that it would still hold water on some level. But you're right, Nick. There, as far as social obligations, right. that's gone. So you. You should have a little bit more time, but I, I still make excuses. Uh, one of the best, uh, somebody texts in and says, best thing about having kids is the excuse to not go to things. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Time. You know, the kids and blah, blah, blah. We use it all the time. And sure people see right through it. No, but it's <laughs> make it even work if you don't have kids. Stephanie's got the sniffles. I can't. No, that that's the best. Stephanie. And the, the easiest one, too, mm-hmm. is just like, nope, doesn't feel good. Or, or can uh, you, and, can, and listen, can, Sometimes it's true though. I'm like, no, like I, I feel bad leaving. I don't, I don't want to go out another night, you know, this week or weekend or, or whatever. I'm, I'm not leaving. So. Can you, can you be overt with the kids, Kathy, and say, oh, my kids give me an excuse to not go to this thing I don't want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, wait. Back to the, I don't have enough time. I actually used that excuse for not calling somebody back, Nick, and <laughs> I was like, I am so sorry. I've just been so busy. And she was like, oh, okay. And then it just got quiet for a minute. She goes, wait, doing what? <laughs> <laughs> The you know, one- excuse I use actually, that, and it's the truth, and, it, and it's 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 a thing I, I I'm embarrassed about. If if people call me, I invariably call the people that I want to talk to the most last, and or if at all, yeah, because I want to take time with them, yeah, and so I don't. I wait, and I end up, and they end up not calling. Them I back. end up I know not mean, calling Steve. them back. <laughs> My oldest friend will call me, uh, he calls me uh, maybe like once a week or something like that, and and, uh, he always calls me when he's walking his dog, and he walks his dog at like 9 o'clock at night, and and the phone rings, and I see it, and I go, I don't want to talk right now. It's 9 o'clock at night. I've used all my words for the day, and so I don't answer, and you know, my excuse is... Don't feel like talking, and I think and it works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, he understands. You yeah. know, he's just trying to kill time as he's walking his dog. So, what about with Jackie Case? I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Not because you don't like him. No. He, he, listen, he calls. This is Jackie Bam Bam, yeah. by the way. We're referring. He really, he really has a knack for calling at the wrong time. Like yeah. we, we do a conference call every night at five. I'm sorry, at six o'clock. And he calls me at 5.55, and it's like, I- I'm, listen, usually leading up to the conference call, 
I'm doing work. I'm going through my emails or calendar or whatever, trying to figure out. You know what's a good word? Intransigent. (laughs) (laughs) Press, your one excuse there that I like is uh, is, uh, I forgot because you can't prove that it's not true. Yeah. But you know it's not. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you can't prove it. You can't. Well, you don't know that I didn't actually forget. Mm-hmm. You know? But you didn't. But you didn't. <laughs> well, like, listen. There's a son- don't ask, don't tell quality to that stuff because you 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 know that there have been times where that legitimately occurs. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. But did your kids use it a lot, Case? My son uses it all yeah. the time. Uh, you just have to profusely apologize if you really want to sell it. Uh-huh. Oh, my God, I am so sorry. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot on my plate. There's been a lot going on. I've been so busy, Kathy. I've, <laughs> Wait, doing what? <laughs> oh, man, I've gotten so good at that when it comes to, like, work stuff. Like, if, you know, email. Like, so if somebody's asking to come on the show and, and I don't want them to come on the show, yeah. uh, I will sometimes, uh, I will not respond. And let's say they wanted to be on the show yesterday. Uh-huh. I will wait a day or two past that, and then I'll go, oh my god, I am so sorry. I it never, works out. I never got back so, to you. I forgot I didn't want you on the show. Yeah, and, and but like, No, but I, then don't think, Case, aren't you afraid they're going to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm available all next week, too. Uh, yeah, and then we're, we're booked oh, up. I forgot. Kathy, then I'm I, going on vacation. I won't yeah. respond to that email, either. I'm like, oh my god, I just saw this, but I've gotten so good at it. Like, so I'll go, you know, you're such a great person, and you're such a good friend, and, and you deserve better. I'm, like, a horrible person, and then You're I just turn not on- that funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the weekly situations leading to excuses, it sums it up here. Uh, number five is wearing sunscreen. Number four is social events. Number three, healthy eating. Number two, exercise. I thought that would be number one because it's so easy. Tom Papa does a, a yeah. Tom Papa does a bit in uh, in one of his routines. It's a second reference to Tom Papa, but you know he's welcoming the crowd for being here tonight. He's like, you didn't cancel. You could have canceled, and you didn't cancel. He's like, canceling is awesome. It's yeah. the best. <laughs> canceling on a, a dinner date with another couple. Oh, it's great. <laughs> exercise canceling. You don't have to tell it, say anything to anybody. You just say, nope, not going. You just say yourself. Do you know it's the greatest scenario in the world where you don't want to go and you're talking about canceling, and then. They cancel. Oh, yes. And then, to be, then you act incensed. Oh, right. Oh, I oh, wanted to see you right. so bad. Okay. <laughs> they get to then be the bad you guy. get the points. Uh, yes, you, yes do. you do. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't like... I, I you, We schedule things and you you uh, you pass on it. I don't know uh, when you're available. Ho- hopefully they send you a gift after yeah. that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank I'll God. Even, mm-hmm. I'll even do like the... Like, I'll check in with them. I'm like, it's up to you. Like, if you're too tired, <laughs> don't... Like, not a big deal. Do you ever try to do that border collie where you're trying to make the, convince them that they don't want to get together? <sighs> I know with your work schedule. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. You must have been in OR for how long? I don't know. Yeah. Did you lose a patient today or something? Yeah. I mean, must, the stress must be. But uh, listen, I'd love to see you. I mean, if you're up for that, you know. Steve, I'll do. I'm like, oh, you're just driving home from work. God, oh my God, it's getting late. It, it's if you want to do this at a different time, you have to be. Yes. You have to be. So you're probably tired exhausted. Right now. Oh my it's two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, I left early to come home for the event. Yeah, but I mean, in, you know, in, in other countries and other time zones, it's that's so late. very late. I would be. I would be exhausted if I were you. I'm just, you know. No, if you're coming home at this time, there must be something wrong at home. I wouldn't want to have your marriage break up because we're getting together. Um, (laughs) Stay home. Yeah. And number one on this weekly situations leading to excuses, excuse me, is uh, running errands. 
Uh, so people make the most excuses for running errands, which is funny. My wife doesn't make excuses for running errands. She just makes me go with her. Oh, oh. no. No. No, errands Claire, are going to be alone. Claire never does that. I, I get. Here's what I get. I'm going to go to the store. You want to go with me? No. Which Which means, which oh. is interpreted to, we're going to the store together. Get, oh, get, your, get your stuff now. We're leaving. Wow, that's... That's, um, that's not normal. (laughs) (laughs) You guys like each other. She likes the company. Well, okay. She likes your company, you know? Like, uh, I mean, and actually, I find that to be very, very sweet. But, like, no, my wife, no way. No, anybody in the house can go. Anybody. Oh, really? She needs a buddy. So I'll go do the outlets uh, thing. So my wife and her, like, her, her sister... One of her sisters will go with her. And so if you man the car, like yeah, yeah. You, you drop her right off, you go park, you you know, watch something on your phone or whatever, you sit there, they call you, go pick you get the you get the points yeah. as if you were you know, legitimately shopping with them and uh and uh, you don't have to go in and, and stand there in uh you know uh, cheese wheel city. Yeah, you're the <laughs> chauffeur for a little bit, so you're you're providing a service and then you can uh, go do whatever you want. Actually, I wouldn't mind going to Cheese Wheel City. Yeah, another thing about it, I do like Cheese Wheel City. <laughs> <That's actually, laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, anyhow, uh, so excuses, excuses, excuses. We make 2190 a year on average. Uh, so be aware of it when you're doing it and uh, keep count and uh, yeah. see how you're holding do more. on the average. Yeah, uh, We could do better. You're better you're than better that. better than that. Yeah. Take it up to you're an even three. Than that. You could take it up to an even 3,000. <laughs> We can do that. 4,000. More even. All right. We're going to take a break. Stay close we're not going to be getting long. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right. And this month's artist is Brett Talley. Tally, your local shots artist of the month. Check him out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks Philly. I will turn to Nick and say, tell us your story that you uh, mentioned to us the other day. about. Something interesting that happened uh, with your girlfriend's dad, I believe, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, so Bob, <laughs> Bob is a great guy, and um, he's um, sort of one of those guys that's set in his ways as a Vietnam vet, and yeah. uh, I, I just uh, he's a character, right? So we went up to they live up in the Poconos, and Bob is mostly retired, and um, we went up to visit, and because he's mostly retired, he's spending a lot of time at home doing projects, and he was painting their their patio. And uh, up and down the ladder and, and all of the work that's required with painting, and he ended up with a pretty sore back as a result. So he was, he was a bit laid up and he's trying to stretch and trying to do back exercises and trying to lay on a flat floor, a floor, a hard floor, that kind of thing. None of it's working. And he's like, I, I got to get some medication. I got to, you know, man, need something. Advil's not cutting it. It goes into his medicine cabinet. And he says, he's a bottle of uh, muscle relaxants. And he says, well, this will probably do the trick. And he looks at the, uh, this is not an exaggeration, it's not hyperbole, he looks at the, the label, and, and uh, the description says muscle relaxants, and, and then he sees that the expiration date, not when he got it, the expiration date for the muscle relaxants 
1981. Wow. Come on. No, I'm not kidding. I'm, and and he, he doesn't BS. Yeah. Like, these aren't stories to tell stories. So clearly he threw them away when he read that, right? Well, you would think, Casey, right. but no. He, uh, he thought, here's uh, something that I can take that will be effective and help me. And so he did. He ingested two muscle relaxants that had expired in 1981. So, they, so. The pills themselves were six years older than his daughter. <laughs> wow. So, you know, they're, they're six years younger than me. I'm 44. <laughs> and guess what? They worked. The nice. muscle relaxants wow. that he took from 1981 that expired in 1981 were effective and helped him feel a little wow. bit better. I'm blown away by that. I am too. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how much of that is a placebo effect. Because I'm you, wondering too, yeah, yeah. but because he was so laid up and, and because like he's not a hypochondriac, no. he, you know, he's not one of these guys that, that, that whines about a hangnail or anything right. like that. Like he would, he would only take it <laughs> if he had a serious problem with it and, and felt like he needed it. And, in my mind, I don't think it was just a placebo. I think the medicine worked. Right. But I'm really curious, at, like, because I haven't talked to Dr. Mike or any of our, you know, doctor His friends about it. His head would spin. Right. Yeah, so like, how seriously. is this, uh, there are not any adverse side effects? Well, okay, so be careful. I think you need to really be careful when you're dealing with expired medicine. I had a friend who ended up in the emergency room. He took an expired antibiotic, and he broke out in hives. His throat start to, started to close. Uh-oh. And he, he ended up in the emergency room uh, because of it. And it I was always... specifically an expired antibiotic. I was always under the, now it might be different antibiotics, but I was always under the impression that uh, expired medication just doesn't have the potency. Yeah, it doesn't have its punch anymore. It won't work. I know with with antibiotics in particular, Kathy, they always say finish off the the, the, the prescription. Finish it off. And I think it's partially just because you're supposed to... complete the cycle with it yeah, for it and to also work. not for it to, to have them hanging around. Well, and that's uh, exactly but, what it was. It was just something he hadn't finished. Right. It was left over. It was not from 1981, but <laughs> it was expired. I mean, what was the what what, what was in the what would, what would you find at the multiplex in 1981? What would right, you find? Yeah. What was on TV? Right. That is a good question. When to give that us some perspective. Yeah. Became yeah. Past its point of usefulness. Well, ET hadn't come out yet. Um, what if uh, it expired in 81 and it had been expired for so long that it reached an age where it started working again, right? <laughs> is it like wine? Yeah. Does, does certain do muscle, muscle relaxants age oh. like fine wine? Nick pulled up a list of popular movies in 1981. Chariots of Fire, okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Evil Dead, Time Bandits, Mommy Dearest, <laughs> there and <we> Stripes <laughs> were the top movies that year. When that medication wow. he used became unusable. Excalibur. <laughs> Wow. Uh, I I have a habit of hanging on to medication for way too long as well. And and now the antibiotics I will always finish because I'm like, I don't want to have to deal with this crap again. So, But other ones that are for, you know, whatever, for pain management or some other things, you kind of take them and then you're then... You know, you're getting past whatever you get past, and then it just sits there forever. What about what about things like aspirin, Preston, or, or um, general things that are perhaps less um, focused? What's the direction? Yeah, like Benadryl How, or, yeah. Right. or... Yeah, Benadryl! Yeah. How long can you keep that in a medicine cabinet? Yeah. I, I think um, a, maybe like a couple four years. Four decades? No, no, no. I would say like a couple years, like one or two years, right. something like that. Like, I, I go through my medicine cabinet actually... Probably more often than most people, yeah. and every time I go in there, there's something that needs to be tossed out, or at least you know has. Well, that's it. the thing you are always taught. You, in fact, the, the PSAs run all the time. Yeah, about throwing away old medication. Yeah. Um, so my wife used to work and sell um, toothpaste and stuff, and so 
when she uh, acquired her territory, she got a, um, you know, one of those uh, storage uh, yeah, yeah. garages. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole bunch of boxes of expired um, toothpaste that was, um, you know, the trial sizes. That basically yeah. when you go to the dentist, you get that little gift package and there's a small thing. Yeah, so, like travel size. Travel size toothpastes. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a better way to describe it for us than travel size. <laughs> um, anywho. The it was expired, but we and, and you sold of, it as icing, didn't we, you? Yeah, we needed <laughs> the money. No, we actually gave it to um uh like a, a, a men's shelter. Sure, uh, uh, it's still stuff is still usable. Yeah. yeah, and Rochelle, who does uh, a lot of work with um you know Crohn's disease uh, charities, a uh, Mother's Wish, and so forth. Part of what what they hand out products are A uh, and D ointment, which yeah, is yeah. you know for rash and stuff right, like that yeah. for for your butt. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, that stuff expired. I'm like, that stuff, come on. Yeah. That stuff's going to be here forever and still work, right? I mean, you have to imagine it's, it's something like, it's like a topical cream, right? Yeah. Like, right? Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's an ointment. It just, it's probably, maybe it's lost a little bit of its effectiveness, but so. it's still got to work. Yeah. I don't know. I was just considered, I was just think that stuff will always work, you know? Well, probably right. we mm-hmm. might be wrong, but I'm it, sure we well, know. Listen, I mean, the, take this text for what it's worth. It, it, it's not a, a doctor calling in, but says, this person says if the pills are kept in a cool and dry place they will still work they can lose potency uh but painkillers can still work over four, four decades, decades apparently yeah so but and not things like antibiotics right it says anything though that you purchase before the release of excalibur <laughs> is right. probably suspect uh, all right so i found this expired medical products can be less effective and risky due to a change in chemical composition yeah. or decrease in strength certain expired medications are at risk of bacterial growth and subpotent antibiotics can fail to treat infections leading to more serious illness and antibiotic resistance. So that's probably what happened to your friend. My friend, yeah, yeah. I guess so. And I've also read that uh, you should never flush your old medication oh, right, yeah. down yeah. the toilet. Why is that? It can end up in the water the system. Water system the, yeah. the water system gets uh, filtered and reused. But some of those I don't drink my toilet water. Some of those medical um, components can stay in there and, wow. and can become dangerous. Huh. Uh, on a side note, don't you think that the toilet water should be a separate, like, sourced out <laughs> water that you don't have to treat as much? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Like, toilet water doesn't have to be drinkable. I still keep a, a ladle <laughs> right is. next to my poop knife. <laughs> but it is. We yeah. went by a wastewater treatment plant the other day, and I had to explain to Jace what it was. And he was like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you're telling me when we flush the toilet and we brush our teeth, it's all coming here. Yeah. Whoa. Yep. Uh, yeah. Let me go to <laughs> Becky. Hi, Becky. Good morning. Hi, guys. Gadzook. Gadzook says here you're a nurse. I am. <laughs> All right. And you wanted to explain a little bit about expired medication. I did. So one of the doctors I used to work for, he's a um, family doctor, and he's sort of old school. And he swears that the pharmaceutical companies just put an expiration date on it. So I looked into it a little bit further. Some drugs, like... Kathy Red can lose potency, but some drugs can actually gain potency. Huh. So you never know what you're dealing with. Do any do any drugs come to mind that are in the gains potency uh, category? <laughs> I don't know what drugs do what. <laughs> I guess I could no. see that somehow or another it concentrates <laughs> over time. Maybe some of the other, well, I don't know, some of the other elements deteriorate and therefore the ones that don't deteriorate as quickly might become more concentrated. Does that make any sense? Maybe retin. Retin. Exactly. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like, um, like um, cough medicines or 
liquids or something like that. So I, I, so if I've gone into the medicine cabinet, we, we rotate our stuff, you know, we have a well-stocked, you know, the, the basic things. Right. And if I were to find like, like a NyQuil or something and it, you know, there's a little crustiness or whatever on the, on the, uh, the cap, <laughs> I, I would still use it. I would not use, I guess the difference is, is between a prescription drug that you've gotten and something that you just get over the counter, you know, that's just in the aisle of a CVS as opposed to going up to the pharmacist and getting th- something specifically, I might be less inclined to use that. Yeah. Does that? But do you think that's a good line of delineation? What's that? The over-the-counter stuff can be bad, too, because you might be taking different medicines now. Oh, that's you true. Were back then. Right. All right. Huh. Interesting. Thank you, Becky. Although, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Uh, every every like couple of years, I'll go through. We you know we we'll have our own personal medicine cabinet in the bathroom, but then there's kind of the family medicine cabinet in the yeah. kitchen. And every couple of years, I will go through and sort through that mess. Yeah. <laughs> and I've since organized them. I made little baskets. Kathy, you'd be very happy about this. <laughs> so I've got like you know. Uh, I have uh, pain management in yeah. one. I have oh. uh, stomach issues, you know, intestinal and stomach, gastrointestinal in one. We have the I same have thing. Allergies in another one, then first aid. Yeah. And then, you know, stuff like that. And so I have I bought these little baskets. I, by the way. Because otherwise it's just a mess. I it's love great. baskets. It's, baskets it's the are best, great. It's the best way to organize <laughs> yes. inside of your cabinet. So, but anyway, I uh, when going through that medicine cabinet, I realized that a lot of times, Nobody ever looks to see if we already have what oh, we yeah. need to get. And you just run by CVS and grab it mm-hmm. and you end up chucking in another another thing of, of you know, we had like eight bottles of cold and flu. You may have noticed Robitussin or something, you know. A difficulty finding Mucinex DM on your uh, pharmacy shelves. I have it. You have it all. Um, <laughs> I I was I didn't realize I'd been putting it in. You talk about your baskets. Yeah, I'd yeah. been putting it in the wrong basket, uh-huh. so I kept getting it. And Preston, I'm I'm good for the next as whatever the duration is to the to Excalibur two. When that <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I also found this on uh, Harvard's health website uh, now, and I would not suggest this because I know what happened to my friend and that he ended up in the emergency room. But most of what is known about drug expiration dates comes from a study that was conducted by Food and Drug Administration. So they say uh, what they found in the study is that 90% of more than 100 drugs, both prescription and over-the-counter, were perfectly good to use after 15 years. 15 years? 90% of them? It's still don't want to do it. I still, yeah. No, yeah. I, I still, what about 39 it. years? <laughs> yeah, hey, by that. the way, here's a, here's a text that says, uh, sunblock expires. Know this from experience. Yeah. So that is good to know as you're heading yeah. out this summer. Uh, if yeah. you have stuff that's been sitting around well, for a while, take a look at the expiration If Mr. Date. T is on it, don't <laughs> use it. Right. <laughs> I bought sunblock at my TJ Maxx uh, last year, the year before, and I d- had no idea that it even expired and i was just so excited because it was cheap because normally cheap yeah yeah <laughs> seriously it was like three bucks a bottle i was like this is great and I, I bought all of it and i told my wife and she's like dude is it expired i'm like what are you talking and thank god it, it had not expired but it was really really close to the expiration no, i still have a day and a half <laughs> yeah seriously it was cheap sunblock you yeah. sure it wasn't no. sunblurk <laughs> no, no, no. it was inexpensive sunblurk uh it was you know banana burt and uh <laughs> yeah. by the way your summer tip for sunblock don't buy it down the shore it's like twice as expensive oh, yeah. it's got it, right? before you go anytime where you absolutely have no choice but to buy it there it's going to be crazy yeah. expensive yeah uh hang on i'm going to go to oleg i believe who it says is a physician uh is your name oleg 
It is Oleg. Oleg. All right. So you wanted to clarify something here. Yes. Two things. So the reason why a lot of medications shouldn't be flushed down the toilet is because when you do birth control pills and you flush them down the toilet, there have been studies showing that there are more female fish now in the water supply. And in general, it's actually messing up our ecosystem. Oh, my God. So birth control creates a boom of female fish? So, yeah, the estrogen that the estrogen levels rise. And unlike humans, well, even with humans, higher levels of estrogen during in vitro actually can cause you to become... Girls, let's go score. That that actually does make sense because of the the hormone imbalance. Um, So so you're saying... And would you say, uh, Oleg, would you say that that is the direct main reason why they're admonishing people to not flush drugs down the toilet? No, that's one of the major reasons. But others are definitely the potency of some medications are... (laughs) will last even in water for several days and you don't want some of those chemo drugs going around in your drinking water. All right. Now, how about uh, medicine uh, losing and gaining potency? So the gaining potency, to be honest with you, I have never in my entire life heard of. I've never studied that. But like that Harvard study that you were talking about, it's actually pretty true that most medications kept in a nice dry place will maintain potency for a long time. Okay. Okay, so, so uh, Oleg, I don't know if you heard the beginning of this conversation, yeah. but it's, it's my girlfriend's father. Uh, it's medication from 1981. It's muscle muscle relaxants, and they worked just fine. Is, is that common? Is that uncommon? No, it's actually pretty common. It depends on... So if you think about things like in capsule form, when there's a liquid inside, the likelihood that it's actually going to stay intact is lower than one of just a regular pill, crushed up little type pill. Yeah. So a lot of those will stay for years and years. I mean, don't don't throw away your your molar medication that you got from years ago just in case you, you break your leg and you need to get some pain relief before getting to the hospital. It may still work. All right. Uh, and all then right. Somebody, somebody else was, was pointing out that um, medication expiration dates are usually regardless. They're usually a year after they're exactly. filled regardless of their manufacture date. Huh. Yep. And there's some websites that will give you an approximate time period for how long. But honestly, I, my wife and I are both physicians and we'll keep extra antibiotics, extra medications for upwards of five years in our cabinet because they're still quite potent for the wow. most part. All right. So it, it, the, the situation, but it's the kind of thing, obviously, you want to be aware of and you can't, what's, what would you recommend? What, what's the really um, obvious thing to look out for as far as medication for not exceeding the, uh, the cutoff date? What, what, is, what are you at most risk of screwing around with and having it be detrimental to your health? What medication? Antibiotics. It's just antibiotics. Okay. Right. If, you're not, if you're not a physician, if you're, like you said, finish what you have, like you're prescribed. Right. Don't save those. That is something that you definitely do not want to just keep around because you never know. Right. And it's in, infections are not something to be messed around with in kind of, well, five years down the line. <laughs> yeah. No. Right. No, mm-hmm. don't do that. All right, Oleg, information, very good stuff. Thanks, man. Yep. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See ya. I, I have, you know, the older you get, the more medication you end up with. <laughs> so I, I have stuff that I don't even know what it's for anymore. Right. And, <laughs> and 
I, honestly, I look at it like, I don't remember this. Yeah. I don't know what this was for. And, and, and then, Why is Alf on this? Well, and then you add a skin condition on top of it, you know, because since I have psoriasis, there are a variety of ointments and things for different parts of the body that yeah. you need to use because of sensitivity levels and so on. So I got this stuff. <laughs> I eventually had to write on the package because I, you know, I have, I get, you get it in on your elbows and your ears, uh, you know, shins, different spots, right? right. And there's a, there's a spot right above my butt crack where I get one. And the doctor gave me very specific medication. So I just wrote, and, and the packages look exactly the of same. Yeah. So I took a Sharpie and I wrote, Ears and butt on both of them. I use ears and butt. I don't want to use ears and butt. I don't want to use the butt stuff on my ears. Um, and butt yeah. stuff. Uh, but I ha- there's so much stuff that's just that, that you went and you took a few of them and all of a sudden you feel better and I don't need to take that anymore. And I just left it in the cabinet. I don't remember what the hell it's for. That's why, honestly, when I got into the pen medicine system and like you're like, what medication are you taking? I take this one pill that looks square, and I do. And yeah, they know all the time. Yeah, because it's just the kind of thing that we. we I know we need to be more fastidious about it, but we just tend not to. When uh, when Preston got sick earlier this year with the the regular flu, um, Doctor Mike prescribed the. It's basically it's like the morning after pill for the flu. So like yeah. if you've been exposed to somebody who has the flu, and uh, it can help prevent it. From, from you getting it, right? We all went on it. Right. And, well, and so Tamiflu. It was, Tamiflu. Uh, it was different than that. It was prescription. Now, yeah, it was a, uh, they called it a prophylactic uh, yes, medication. That's exactly right. Yeah. But I didn't finish that medication. And I was like, well, that, now I still, ha- but now I'm holding on to it. I'm like, do I keep it for next year? Is it something to, to, worth hanging on to? I, I don't even know. Nick, by the way, somebody wants to mention my little psoriasis thing is right where your second butthole is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably should apply some. <laughs> we have that. Uh, we have that in common. I would say this is that, again, in any situation where you've been prescribed an antibiotic, finish it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, hang on a second. Let me go to <laughs> Matt's been on hold for a little while. Hey, Matt, good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Oh, oh. Thank you, sir. So you used an, uh, uh, an outdated product, expired yes. Yeah, seven years ago, I hurt my back significantly, was out of work for a year, and I didn't feel like putting in my contacts, so I was you know, wearing glasses for several years until getting surgery, and two years ago, I returned to work full-time, and I went, I didn't go to the doctor that prescribed the contacts, but just an optometrist on the street where I worked, and I said... I have contacts that expired 2017. Are they still okay? And she said, yeah, they should be fine. And that's what I've been wearing. So, See, that's um, the problem. That should, they should, should be, be fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm not taking yeah, yeah, that yeah. chance mm-hmm. with my eyes. Well, I go to a, like a street proctologist who wanders <laughs> up and down. Right. Proctology! Yeah. No, I think, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but that's to the, Kathy's point. Should yeah, leaves nah. a margin of error. I'm not comfortable with you. No, I agree. Like I would never have LASIK for my eyes because I don't ever want to take a chance on anything happening to my eyesight. But I tried them. You know, the contacts for a day. They seemed fine and. Well, I'm about to run out of them anyway, so okay. right. get some new ones. Get some new I'm ones. Yeah. For an eye exam, so all right. The other thing I wanted to say, though, just as like a joke, mm. um, if you take an acid that have expired, say several years ago, would they upset your stomach? Ah, 
Was yeah. it now? I missed it. I missed it. I get it. it so. Would they upset your stomach if you're taking an antacid? An old antacid. Oh, I got it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Um, Can you hit the dump button? Or? No. <laughs> Sorry. No, we'll we're going to hang out the See how he likes it. He worked on that. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, Nick, that's interesting. 1981. Yeah. Muscle relaxant that still works. Yeah. He just used it. Yeah, worked just fine. Okay. We need to take a break. Be back in just a second. Stay there. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at acmemarkets.com, and an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. Visit acmemarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve Bizarre Final. We'll begin with this story. Florida authorities are searching for a burglary suspect who has been Riley christened as a modern-day hamburglar. You should hear what he does. He allegedly broke into two restaurants, cooked himself a snack before stealing from the establishments. <laughs> so Sheriff's Office... just rubbing salt on the wound. ...released surveillance photos of the man on his Facebook page on Friday. He most recently used a brick to smash the door of a Wendy's in Jensen Beach, started up the grill, and cooked himself a <laughs> burger... And then he took the safe from the restaurant. So he breaks the glass. We assume this sets off some sort of alarm. And he had enough time to prepare a meal and then steal the safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, The man tried breaking into a third business, uh, a gas station, but he couldn't gain entry. Officials described him as being in his mid-30s. He's wearing a baseball cap, khaki shorts, and black tank top during the Wendy's heist. Does he make the classic... I don't know if he was making... He was at Wendy's, so he, he might oh. have done that just to piss him off. So I don't really know. But yeah, he, he actually goes in and cooks. Wow. But as well, he's able to turn on the... And let it heat up. Turn on the grill. Let it heat up. Find out where the, the, the burger patties are. Mm. And make his way through there. Sounds little... like an inside job. Yes, yeah, you're man. right. You'd have to know what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, an Uber driver who pulled over for some... Who, uh, I'm sorry. Who, yeah, who pulled over for some me time... Ended up getting into a tussle with police officers. Uh, a guy named Elliot Andre Andrade uh, was charged with interfering with police and driving under the influence. Police say that they were dispatched for a suspicious vehicle and they found a white BMW parked on the side of the road with its windows fogged up. Was he was he going to town on himself? Police said that when the officers approached the car, uh, they saw Andrade reclined and pleasuring himself in the driver's seat. <laughs> When an officer knocked on the car window, police said the driver appeared confused and started to pull his pants up. <laughs> the officer said, I asked Elliot what he was doing, and he said, I work for Uber. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to do this. <laughs> police said that there was an open case of beer on the passenger side floor of the car. When Andade was asked to recite the alphabet, police said he started with D and ended at K. You I wonder, missed a few. I wonder if I and C fell in between those two. <laughs> yeah. um, Andrade got out and began reaching into his pants, fearing that he had a weapon. Police said they struggled with him before bringing him to the ground. Andrade began yelling that the object he was reaching for 
was a sex toy, <laughs> which he then pulled out of his underwear. So he literally had wow. that. And uh, they arrested him. What's well, like packing your lunch? You know, you things. bring your sex toy to work sure. yeah. for your me time. Uh, this is messed up. An alligator found holding a Florida man's lifeless body in its mouth <sighs> had ingested his foot and hand. Uh, the alligator's mouth was still clamped around part of the body of Michael Ford II, who was found floating in the water near a phosphate mine Thursday by an employee. I can't eat anymore. Wildlife officials captured and killed the reptile. A necropsy of, uh, revealed Ford's hand and foot inside the alligator's stomach. Uh, the Ford had other cuts on his body caused by the alligator. Now, his cause of death actually is drowning. So the final cause uh, is pending toxicology results. It could have been that this alligator just came across this and dead body. Pin- yeah, pinched a free meal, basically. Yeah, so I don't know. They're, uh, they're working on finding out. Uh, you've got to love this story. A Texas woman was banned from her local Walmart <laughs> after police say she ate half a cake and then refused to pay for the missing portion. Oh, she only wanted to pay for half of it. <laughs> Honestly, I was uh, finding it hard to believe there was anything that could ban you from a Walmart. Yeah, uh, right. Police were called to a Walmart after receiving calls that a woman walked around the store eating half a cake. I only eat half. And refusing to pay for the whole item. The suspect entered the bakery section of the store, proceeded to eat half of the cake while walking through the aisles. Once at the register, the woman demanded half off because she was only buying half a cake. <laughs> Police say she refused to pay for the missing half of the cake despite eating it on her way to checkout, but she ultimately paid for the whole cake once the police arrived. And after that, she was barred from the store for theft. So the cake didn't get you barred. You remember you had a story about a woman who was effectively running a meth lab in a Walmart bathroom? Oh, yeah. She I, could probably still she go could back. She probably still there. go back. Mm hmm. A Kansas man who robbed a bank last September, and this is a follow-up story, and told police that he was hoping to get caught so he would get prison time to escape his wife, (laughs) was sentenced Tuesday to six months of home confinement (laughs) after pleading guilty. Lawrence John Ripple took the guilty plea in January. Oh, dear. He told the judge Tuesday that he had heart surgery that left him depressed when he committed the bank robbery. Uh, His public defender told the court that Ripple had lived a law-abiding life and was in a stable relationship with his wife. He has four stepchildren with her. Uh, Ripple handed a note to the bank teller in Kansas City demanding cash and warned that he had a gun. Ripple took the money, about $3,000, and went to sit in the lobby where he told a uh, guard that he was the guy he was looking for. Officers quickly arrived. An FBI agent wrote in the affidavit that Ripple had earlier been arguing with his wife, and he told investigators that he wrote the note in front of his wife telling her he'd rather be in jail than at home. And now he can't leave there for at least six months. Well, jail should be unpleasant, right? Uh, It should be. uh, They arranged for that to be the case. One last story. A San Diego mom was left so shocked after her toddler bought a $430 couch online using her cell phone. She said, I thought, did I buy a couch in my sleep? (laughs) This is Isabella McNeil. She had been in the market for a new couch. She was recently browsing through options on the Amazon app on her cell phone. Yet her uh, pursuing uh, turned into a purchase when her two-year-old daughter, uh, Raina, unknowingly pressed the buy now with one-click button on Amazon for the piece of furniture. It was only until a few days later when she got a notification that the couch had shipped that she realized something had gone wrong. 
She also remembered her daughter had been playing with her phone. Uh, she said, now I know it's really dangerous, and I need to make sure that the Amazon app is closed before my daughter takes the phone. It's just so easy. I always assume that'd be a risky proposition, handing your phone over to your kid with those apps on the phone. Yeah. Uh, McNeil was unable to return the couch before it shipped. And returning it after the fact proved to be pricier than just trying to resell it on OfferUp, which she decided to do. Her listing describes the couch as brand new in the box with a price tag of $300. It cost 430 so she's out some of the cash. And she notes that she ordered it by mistake in the listing. So she's trying <laughs> to get rid of that. And that is what I have for you in the bizarre file for now, my friend. So uh, we are going to take a quick break. I can be right back. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Money Clips. Wow, we have a lot of clips. Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your money clip up to seven times a day. Starting Monday at 8 a.m., 10, and noon. Then 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. We'll play one of your favorite Preston and Steve clips. Where are your sausages? And also give you a keyword. Text that to 45911. Or enter it on our website or app to get in the running for the $10,000 grand prize every time you play. That's crazy! See official rules and details at WMMR.com. Ninety-three-three WMMR. They rock, guys. Up everybody. Everything that rocks. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Paul Abdul appearing on the Wendy Williams Show and revealing the results of a new face tightening procedure. Abdul says she loves the results, but admits it does hurt when her cheeks rip open. <laughs> <laughs> Robert De Niro being sued by former assistant Graham Chase Robinson, who claims the actor was constantly abusive and demeaning. De Niro's lawyers have responded by filing a writ of, you talking to me? (laughs) (laughs) And finally, she played Rachel McGuire on Boy Meets World, and now actress Maitland Ward is gaining popularity as an in-demand porn star. Ward says her careers in family sitcoms and porn actually have been fairly similar, except in the definition of the term workload. With all of us, uh, you know, still uh, being as safe as we can as far as, uh, you know, uh, personal um, space and and watching out and and being careful contamination and so on with uh, with COVID-19, we I I saw this article about sneezing and clearly, you know, it's always important to make sure you, you know, keep your sneezing to uh you don't want to blast it all over the place no and so on. no especially when you're with um uh, sexual partners you just met oh geez. right yeah. COVID-19. yeah they may not the, they may be afraid of COVID 19 but anyhow a body language expert has revealed the meaning behind the different types of sneezes oh um okay. and i'll need to see what you guys think about this so there's a guy named robin kermode uh found it which sounds like commode it does yeah it's kermode uh, the founder of communication consultancy zone2.co.uk. So he's English. Rolls off the tongue. Uh, and author of the best selling book called Speak So Your Audience Will Listen. The communication. <laughs> the communication coach said. Uh, in the age of social distancing, we are trying especially hard not to stand too close to other people in the case they sneeze. 
uh, their germs all over us, uh, indeed, if we do the same. So the way we sneeze is important. And we're never... learning how to hug. We're learning how to sneeze. Yep, we're doing all this stuff. We'll learn how to fart tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a never and never more so than at this time. But the way to sneeze also says a lot about our personality type as well. So okay. this is not an instruction on no. how you should sneeze. This is what it says about you. It's a psychological profile. Yeah. Okay. If you so sneeze a certain way. That person who's dousing you in deadly spores, uh, you can learn something about them. Do you guys have a sneeze style uh, that you can mm. speak of? I don't think I do. I know my father does. It's very loud and okay. um, annoying. A loud <laughs> sneezer. Okay. Yeah, he's a loud sneezer. <laughs> I, I, do, I do the elbow sneeze. As do I. Uh, or if I... If, if, if <laughs> if it's colder, jacket, I'll just cover the ja- jacket. Your jacket or someone else's? Something uh, uh, mine. Yeah. Uh, usually the collar of mine. I, I used to sneeze in the hand, and then I realized it's not really it's gross. It's not doing The much. only time you... So for me, it's environmentally based and situational. If you have food yeah. in your mouth, I got to use the hand. I got to. I got to. Yeah. I got to stop splatter. Yep. Uh, so that's that's going to be the case. If it's a regular sneeze in a in a room, the the into the arm, into the into the elbow, right. uh, you know, into your the, the whatever you call it, uh, and uh, and and then otherwise, yes, into the shirt or the coat or whatever, anything to contain it. But I, yeah, yeah I, I'm right with you. But the one time I think. The hand is really validated is when, and it always happens. Like a lot of times, oh, I report, and it's just. It, I had cursed cheese balls. I could have created a Jackson Pollock yesterday yeah. if I didn't, if I didn't cover my mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I caught what was going to be a masterpiece. I do, I do actually sneeze into my shirt quite a bit. Okay, um, you know, I'll just you know kind of tuck my nose and, and yeah. mouth down into my shirt, and I'll do that. That's a good one. I used to sneeze differently, and then you guys, uh, you guys broke me in my hat. Oh. Oh, we thought you were going to hurt yourself. Yeah. You would hold it in, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second, what that says about you. When I am outside and nobody's around, there's nothing like a big... Oh. Rah! Rah! Just, yeah. just shoot it out. It depends on where you are. So right. for me, if I was in work or, um, you know, I started sneezing into my elbow years ago when I was dancing and they were like, look, don't sneeze into your hands and then go hold someone's hand. Yeah. Um, but at home, if I, same thing, Preston, if I'm outside and of course, if no one's around, not that I'm, you know, spitting all yeah. over the place, but like, just let it out and don't hold back at all. I've seen you do snot rockets here in the, in the <laughs> studio before. And that's, that is bizarre, isn't it? That she'll do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> seeing her. Like, like yeah. an old Italian. Yeah. Oh, if you if you my 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 friend's grandfather growing up, I that, that's a sort of a thing. He's an old Italian guy, and it was, and he would do the snot rockets, but all the time, yeah, and all the time, no matter where you were. Oh, no. So he figured if you were like at a, if you were sitting at a, and I remember sitting out at his his uh, patio table. He just leans. leans oh. We're all eating there, and Come snot on, rockets Come into on. the grass. Oh. I'm like, I want to die right now. I wonder if that's where your revulsion started, Steve, because that's that gets you maybe more than anything is. Oh my god, the mucus and the snot. I can watch. I can watch loved ones be vivisected in front of me, but I, I can't. But snot. And you know what, Steve? I can't stand the idea of a handkerchief, a, a, a reusable. It's pretty gross. Like, yeah. come on. My dad used to carry one, and he'd pull it out, and it would just be pockmarked with boogers, dried I mean, boogers. Did you think because it's, it's just it's, disgusting, it's bereft of moisture, it's suddenly not disgusting? That, that because it's age, it, it's it's not like a fine wine. It, it's it's just old snot. 
There was a uh, the, the, a movie with uh, 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 Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro called The Intern. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She hires her own father to be uh, yeah, not her own father, but but an old they have an older intern yeah, yeah. program. But but he uh, he would carry a handkerchief, and his use for that was not to blow his nose. And he he he, he was talking to a younger worker. He's like, I care it for women. He's like, women can be more emotional, and I have it there for them just in case. So I'm like, okay, okay, I could, I could see that. And I wipe my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, so here are the here are the types of sneezers and what it says about them. Uh, there is the apologetic sneezer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm sorry. Forgive me. You sound like Stallone for a moment there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're better than that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm better. I'm trying. Huh? 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 I'm better than that. This stinks. He was a gangster in late the twenties. Oh, uh, uh, Oscar. 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 <laughs> that sounds like a sneeze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> you got. Yeah. I'm sorry. You got a cliffhanger there. Can you, <laughs> yeah. What was the one? Um, Daylight. Was that the one where they? Yeah. Yes. That was on just the other day. I came yeah. at the end of it. This is subtle. Where he comes up out of the. Daylight. Out of the harbor. That was the, it was the. Was it the Holland Tunnel that floods? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the apology. All right. Yeah. yeah the apology. Yeah. Nighthawks. Yeah, the subject in hand. Nighthawks. Creek 2. Wow. Uh, the apologetic sneezer, describing this as someone who apologizes, apologizes before, after, or maybe even while they're sneezing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, this person, Robin Kermode, says uh, this is someone who. I do that. I apologize. When I sneeze, I apologize. This is someone who doesn't want to impact on other people's lives too much. They will probably be quite reserved in character and always polite. He says you can see the agony on their face yes. as they try to hold in the sneeze that is inevitably going to come out. Jeez. So, Preston, right at the beginning of all this, the, the corona, so when everyone was just freaking, like massively freaking out, yeah. and we're here at work, I, I, I took a, a a mint and I put it in my mouth. And sometimes you put a mint in your mouth. Oh, no. And, and, I, and I immediately, for anyone with an earshot, Kathy, you're, you, you guys are working from home at that time, and, and I just yelled out, I try to put him in my mouth. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> On the Stallone thing, somebody wrote in, that ain't true. Yeah. <laughs> um, it says, of course, it uh, it comes out in the end, and when it does, they hold most of the sound inside them apologetically. This personality type should definitely work on their confidence. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty confident. I just don't. To me, it, it's especially if you out of the blue sneeze, it can be startling. Then there's the loud sneezer, like your dad, Nick. Okay. <clears throat> Robin says, we've all heard this one. They are usually men and perceive themselves as being alpha. Uh, they tend to believe that a 500-decibel sneeze is a confirmation of their importance in the world and often lack consideration. And don't they usually unzip and pull out their junk? <laughs> he said, uh, from my experience, the loud sneezer rarely covers their mouth. 
and are supremely proud of their volume. Nick, have you asked your dad about his sneeze and why he does it so loud? You know, it's it's gotten better over the years, too. So much like yours has changed, Casey, my dad has, too. And I think maybe my mom finally said something and said it's it's too loud. But I, I think it for him, it was it was the release aspect. Like, he, yeah. uh, everything was coming out, including volume. You yeah. know, like, uh, he, he, I think the loud part of it made him feel better while he was doing it. But you would hear him outside if uh, if you were in if he was inside you could hear him outside that's how loud it was there are people who i know who have who've exaggerated uh, and that was yeah. some people actually will deliver that sort of cacophonous sneeze naturally and there are other people who oversell it oh that's right. I'll, I'll do that just to yeah. annoy <laughs> just for fun <laughs> yeah, yeah. um no like my mom used to do that to me as a kid and we would get so annoyed and she's like it just feels good to get it out but then it just turned into like a joke you know what i mean she would do it to annoy us now I do it to Jason. He always goes, it's not necessary. You don't have to sneeze, oh sneeze my God. like that. <laughs> I, I, I told, I've told this story before. The loudest sneeze, and I know this, and I've ever heard, was a Jim Steaks. was in there to get a sandwich. There was a woman, a very large woman, who was sitting, you know, you sit along the wall there, you uh-huh. know, where everybody orders. And I just thought she was screaming. Oh, really? Uh, and, and, like, uh, it, and it was like... Ah! It was like that. Wow. Oh my god! And the first time I heard it, and I mean, it was deafeningly loud. <laughs> and I turn around, I'm like I'm thinking, what just happened? <laughs> and I see the woman sitting there facing the wall, and she did it again, mouth open, not covering, and just a scream. I don't even want to do it because it hurts my throat to do that. But I was the loudest I've ever heard anybody sneeze. If it's the, if the expulsion of, I mean, we know that when you <laughs> sneeze, it's coming out at the velocity of a tornado. That, that is, is that, yeah. uh, we get it. But if it's that loud and if it's that disruptive, you might have issues. You know what I do like, though? Um, sneezing the F-bomb. That's a good one. I do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's sort of cathartic, isn't it? It is. Uh, the sense of the loud sneezer, this person said, uh, beware of them at your peril. Their volume probably matches their velocity. Mm. In the words of the government, stay alert. Uh, this person's British. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, and take this all with a grain of salt. It's just what right. to talk about. Uh, the silent sneezer, this kind of person who doesn't want to draw attention to themselves, Robin explains, uh, marking a silent sneezer as someone who will either hold their nose... Mm-hmm. Or not make a sound. I don't think I've ever seen a, somebody physically pinch their nose together while they sneeze. Yeah. And I and we've learned that that's medically n- yeah. unsound. You should not do that. Correct. You want your eyes pop out. Yeah. Who, who is the intern that we have? Where I literally was like, "Did you just sneeze?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like. You're better than that. Like I do. I do. I do. You're better than that. I uh, haven't. I won't. First blood. First blood. First blood. <laughs> I won't you. hold my nose to stop a sneeze, but like I've felt a sneeze coming on in the middle of a traffic report or something, and I'll have to like I kind of <laughs> pinch yeah. my nose a little bit to, to, to stop, stop it. it from coming on. I've know? gotten very good at uh, at corralling sneezes, uh, especially now. You know, just to sort of make sure because people do tend to panic, but the. Uh, um, it, it's hard if it's it, listen. When I walk out into the parking lot and the, and the sun hits my face, I'm um, I'm usually one or two sneezes I'm going to get, and then you know. But I'm out in the open; it doesn't matter. It's fine. Uh, it says they may lack confidence or just be the type who don't want to ruffle feathers, but they could do with letting their opinion be heard more often. They try to keep a poker face 
as if, if as if it's not happening, but usually end up looking startled as their eyes widen in the process. The rabbit in headlight look doesn't fool anyone. They routinely unbathed, and they yeah. often look like granny porn. <laughs> Chris, is that the type of sneeze that you that I used to do? Is that what you were talking about? Yeah, you would do yeah. that. It would be like a... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, you had a revelation a little while ago about wiping. Uh, Dude. We, He's been, on, he is fully on board of sitting now. I'm a straight up sit wiper now. Yep. We've uh, we've uh, there's so many things of your life have changed. Yeah, for the better. I like the way I sneeze now. I mean, it's it's sneeze into your ass. No, it's uh, maybe a little bit louder than I prefer, but I'm not overdoing it. But yeah. I I'm not holding anything back. So all right, here's uh, another sneezer. The vocalized at you. Oh, yeah. Uh, Robin says, this is usually done by someone who feels they have every right to sneeze, but are trying to be socially polite. Uh, Sometimes called the muffled sneeze. It's often seen in confined public spaces. A tube. uh, Like a lift or a train. A lift or a train. Uh, Yes. Not in the tube. uh, This person (laughs) is, yeah, why would they say train? A lift or the tube. Yeah. Or maybe while driving a lorry. Yeah. Uh, this person is usually self-assured. Or perhaps it's Stonehenge or outside Big Ben. But also self-conscious and controlled and could do with occasionally letting their hair down. Wouldn't you go into the loo for that? I don't know. <laughs> yes, please go to the loo. Uh, but uh, at shoe. I, I do that not on purpose, but occasionally I'm like, wow, I just... I just sneezed the word at you. <laughs> I do find it cute when uh, there was a, a, a girl um, years ago at the first radio station I worked at who literally, and I would I would call her on it and say you're you're forcing that. And she, that was the way I guess she had taught herself to sneeze. Yeah. And now that was her reflexive sneeze. Yeah. Uh, the trying not to sneezer. Uh, this says this <laughs> the is the old ul- trying not to sneezer. This is the mm. ultimate people pleaser. Robin says, the person who doesn't want to create a scene or make a fuss, they will try everything from pushing up hard with their forefinger against their septum or holding their breath. Is there a um, def- is there a definitive one? Well, there's no definitive way, obviously, to corral a sneeze. But what do you find to be the most effective way? On my on my own, I don't know. It's it's hard to. You just try to consciously stop it. But my sister used to do this thing. When seeing someone with their mouth open, you know, in that pre-sneeze yeah. oh, ritual. I know what you're going to say. Well, no, she would say, so she would always say, coconuts. Oh. And then you go, why'd you just say that? And you would stop, you would, you're, right. you're, yeah. the confusion would throw you off and you wouldn't sneeze. Would you say, stick your finger in their mouth? Because Casey uh-huh. used to do that. No, that Casey, was, yeah, I that was Casey used to do that. No, I, Your index I, finger in their, in their rectum, right? I was going to say a, a distraction. Somebody yeah. who, who like tries to distract you from it. It's, it's so annoying. Don't do that. Oh, oh. yeah. Well, we've said that sneezing, I think, yeah, we were talking about this the other day. Sneezing is similar to the action of having an orgasm. It's yeah. the, what what happens, well, we found out that there's there is erectile tissue in your nose. <laughs> we did. But but the uh, the trigger, that, that moment, that unstoppable sneeze is like orgasmic. And so, therefore, when you are stopped, uh, it's like being denied... When you're at that moment, you know yeah, I mean? it's not not finishing basically, yeah. yeah. I because I, I it is I I found especially if you're having if you're plugged up, you have hay fever, whatever, and you sneeze, you, you know, it, it it's a release. It is a release. Mm-hmm. It's a sexual release. We learned as well. Uh, while it is great to want to keep people happy, these characters, the the try not to sneezers, should make sure that they stay true to themselves and aren't too Be true to yourself. Sneezers influence uh, the elbow sneezer, which I've become. Uh, Robin reveals this person likes to follow the rules and with recent COVID-19 guidelines uh, stating uh, sneezing into your elbow is the most hygienic way to sneeze if you don't have a tissue. 
then they are right on target. Uh, this character is self-aware and considerate. They can perhaps sometimes lack individual thinking. It also makes me <laughs> wonder how many times they've already sneezed into their jacket and when they had last washed it. And I'm not sure my parents' generation would have approved, they said. So that's according to this. <laughs> have, we, have we done the list? I think maybe you did in the past of uh, responses to sneezing from around the world. Yeah, we did. And there's okay. some bizarre stuff. Yeah, it's. I'm just scrolling through them now, and, and uh, the, most of them are, you know, um, be healthy, to your health, things like that. But Go I got, to hell. Well, when I got to Vietnamese, the Vietnamese response is rice with salt. Okay. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know why. Uh, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it, but, like, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them from around the world, but that one just seems... Yeah, most of them we're looking at here, may you be blessed, live long, live good, be live healthy, long. to your health, stuff like that. That's and what then, Gesundheit means. Is, and then... Is, Rice with salt. Yes, rice Two with salt. Two in the pink, one in the stink. <laughs> right. yeah, you know. I, I had always assumed, now listen, my... Um, I'm, I'm Scotch-Irish, so... Uh, that we, man, my... Uh, I think it was Parker's uh, English teacher uh, is one of those who did not like you to say bless you or anything like that after someone sneezed because, you know, it's a myth. It's not, you know, blah, blah, blah. All this it's stuff. not real. It's not real. <laughs> You're better than that. It's, uh, <laughs> But what it has become is a courtesy. It is. And Mm -hmm. it's just what is done by most people. And it shouldn't annoy you to no end. Right. But there are people who become militant about it and they become annoying. I've always assumed that the bless you part of it came from, and I've never looked up this, but I had always assumed from days of of plagues and so on and 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 viruses like now that back in earlier days when there was less medical uh capabilities in medical science that a sneeze could indicate that you might be sick and they might be saying bless you i hope you're not sick i, I think you there's know part I mean? of it that's that i think there's also that. part of it that it be- that believed at some point that 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 you were expelling okay uh, or whatever but but i mean i'm sure it's all predicated on something like this here here's one of the origins up at the screen here Preston. all right one of the symptoms of the plague was coughing and sneezing and it is believed that pope gregory the 1st suggested saying god bless you after a person sneezed in hopes that this prayer would protect them from an otherwise certain death so there you all right i guess i was right in a, in a, in a ballpark I figured, because it seems pretty you know logical yeah i had a, i dated a girl who would say god bless you on the first sneeze and then save you on the second sneeze all right bless you save you yeah, you know what? And then and I will fix you on the third one. Should be cold pleasure. <laughs> My sister-in-law, who is from Colombia, would say, uh, you know, I forgot what, like... Flush the drugs. No, it was like, no, 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 no. Uh, it was like uh, one is for love, one is for peace, one is for something or the other. And then if if you didn't seize a, thir- a third time, I forgot I forgot what the saying was. So okay. there, there's a troika of of, uh, of wishes for, for each. So if you... If you like that. Okay, interesting. yeah. yeah. All right, so here is the repetitive sneezer. Did I already say this? No. No. Here's the next one. The repetitive sneezer. (laughs) This is generally done by somebody who wants to be the center of attention, Robin says. I had an uncle who sneezed very loudly twice with about an 11-second gap in between as if he was genuinely proud of his second sneeze. Oh, shut up. Maybe you just need to sneeze more than once. Uh, There are also, by the way, sneeze Nazis. That you need you need to calm down. Uh, many of us routinely sneeze in patterns, often between two and five times, but they don't have to be ex, uh, eccentrically loud. Okay. How about everybody's different? Yeah. And some people sneeze once. I, on the other hand, am not a one sneezer. Me either. Yeah, I'm Twice always two minimum. Yeah, two, two usually. Though there are yeah, 
Again, when I walk out into the sun, I can almost guarantee I will sneeze twice. And then I'm done. Twice and done. But uh, uh, that's actually a country western. But, the, uh, um, but yeah, it's, and again, but I, there are also people, when you, my, my wife will sometimes, when I sneeze and sneeze a couple times, it's like, I almost feel like, oh my God, she's medically worried for me that I'm yeah. sneezing so much. It's just a sneeze. You know? I'm going to go to uh, Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay, good morning. Good morning. Hey. So, so me and my dad um, both sneeze. Um, we're multiple sneezers. And um, as, as I've been listening, quiet sneezers. So we're, I do it in at least multiples of three. And um, he'll do it in sometimes multiples of five when we're <laughs> together. And we, um, like, I started a sneezing fit. He will actually egg me on to keep going. He'll be like, You're better than that! So he do! He enjoys making you sneeze more. Correct. Yeah. And, but you were saying about God bless you. If I'm in a sneezing fit and somebody says God bless you and I stop, I get to sneeze. Like, the sneeze is stuck in me and it, like, physically hurts. Do you, do so you know? Husband, Go ahead. So my husband now knows he'll like he'll hear it and then he'll be like, "Are you done?" And then I'll go and then he'll say, "God bless you." All right, all right, so, that's courteous. Yeah. Do you do you have the because there's a scenario where do you have the person? Uh, and it may happen to you, Lindsay, where where you sneeze once, God bless you. Then you sneeze again, and the person will say, "God bless you," mm-hmm. and it starts it starts to <laughs> God ascend. Bless God bless you. <laughs> my wife. You know, most, most of the time, if it's the first time somebody's seeing. Um, first time somebody's like around me while I'm sneezing, they'll be like, "Are you okay?" Because right. sometimes it's like I'm going into a seizure because I'm just like sneezing. And um, sometimes if it's a lot of sneezes, my husband will even ask, "Are you done yet?" Like, he doesn't <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's good. That, that I'm sneezing so much, and I'm like, I can't control it. That's the right. compassion right. kicking in. Yeah. yeah. Well, so my, my wife goes into sneezing fits sometimes, and when she's going off, and I'm talking like five or more. Like, I'll say, God bless you, God bless you, God. and then, like, fine, uh, they'll go, I'm, this is the last one, God bless you, and then, because I don't want to be like a, I don't want to be a dick for, and not say God bless you. She right? should sit in the, in, the, yeah. in, in the office in the morning, we'll, we'll, this is our, our sneeze, right, Preston will sneeze. Yeah, I'll go, that's you. Uh, bless you. Chill. <laughs> yeah, the second one is, uh, every time. Uh, you've been doing that for, for 20, years. 20, 20, 20, years. 20 plus years. Uh, by the way, somebody had texted in, and this is what it was with uh, uh, my Colombian uh, um, uh, sister-in-law. So he'll, uh, her husband will sneeze, and she'll say, that's for health. And then the next one's for money. If you sneeze uh, a third time, if he doesn't sneeze a third time because it's supposed to be for love, she'll go, no love. Oh, oh. I like that. So you got to whip up another one after that. All right, one more. Give me some pepper. Uh, <laughs> hang on real quick. This is about the, the sneezer holder in her. I'm going to go to Bob. Hey, Bob, good morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. Bob! I missed that last part because somebody was screaming Bob. What would you say? <laughs> I said what a beautiful day. It oh, is. It's a gorgeous day. All right, what were you going to tell us, sir? So my dad is one of those people that tries to hold the sneeze in. And uh, this was back in the 70s. And he held the sneeze in and a lump popped out the back of his neck. What? Uh, I don't know if it was a cyst. He ended up having to have surgery on it. But Steve might know that this was during the time when that movie, The Manitou, came out. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, ju- I just watched it. I got the Blu-ray. It's, it's uh, a thing it, growing on her neck. And it, it turns out to be an Indian yeah. witch doctor growing out of her neck. Susan yeah. Strasberg. <laughs> so I was terrified that this is what had popped out of my dad's neck, that he was, had now had an ancient Indian spirit. 
<laughs> wow. Well, yeah, that's... Uh, Bob, was that the last time he held in a sneeze? Uh, no, he still does it to this day. What? Uh, uh, that's, I've never heard anything of that level, but I know that it's not good for you to suppress a sneeze. Wow. So, I listen, no. don't do it. But, but hey, it's, it's hard to, I guess, change your sneezing habits. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Bob. Also, that, that movie, The Manitou, was the first time I got to see boobs. <laughs> yes. Hey. Everybody remembers that. All right. Thanks, man. The Manitou. Nick, what are you looking up over here? So there's this Mexican response to people saying, uh, to people saying the word Sancho after a sneeze. And it means the origin is that. Your girlfriend is cheating with you, uh, cheating on you with a guy named Sancho back at her place right now, and I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. But what if we have that? any Mexican listeners that know um, why people say this, but yeah, so if so, if, if someone if you're if you're if, there's a Mexican tradition that if someone yes. sneezes, the response is Sancho, Sancho, and the reason why is that your girlfriend's cheating on yeah. you with a guy named Sancho right now. I was just suggesting that your girlfriend is a tramp. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna go to I don't know if we've ever talked to a guy named Chick before. Hey, Chick. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up, bud? Morning. Morning. So how's your... (laughs) We enjoy talking to you, Jake. (laughs) We should make fun of my grandfather. My grandfather used to sneeze boisterously. He used to have a a little roll before the sneeze. It was more like a... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What was that? There was that race in uh, Phantom awesome. Menace. Those underwater. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, chick. The Gungans. The Gungans. I love it. Thanks, bud. Uh, somebody here recommends it when somebody sneezes, you say "shut the f up." Like Mark Summers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, what is that? No. Mark Mark Summers at uh, shut, shut the f- up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly. A- oh, that'd be great. Uh, Would you uh, shut the f up? Shut the f- <laughs> uh, all right, so Brandon is not uh, Latino, but he does know something about that Sancho thing. Hey, uh, Brandon, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Gadzooks. Gadzooks. What's up, bud? Nice. Uh, no, I do landscaping, so I work with a lot of Mexicans. <laughs> and uh, when you're in the truck and you sneeze two or three times, yep. they'll sit there and say, ah, cornudo. Cornudo. Yeah, which basically the translation I got was, like, uh, your wife is at home sleeping with two guys. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, that's, you know, wow. that's in the ballpark. But... Maybe they're just telling you to shut the F up. Is what? That... No, this is better. Yeah, yeah. This is better. Your wife is at home sleeping with two guys is shut... a little bit more elaborate. Yeah, then shut the F up. That's. Yeah. So it's, uh, they said it's Cornudo. It's like, you know, one antler goes in one door, another antler goes in. <laughs> wow. Wow. Right. So, so, Thanks, man. and do they laugh when they say that? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, ah, a <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. So I, it's, uh... I wonder if, it, if it's akin to... Uh, thanks, Brandon. I appreciate it. That, you know, that you can't hold in that sneeze and you want to... And they hit you with this because you had to give in and sneeze. You know what I mean? Yeah, something like that. You kind of get a laugh out of it. It it seems fraternal. Uh, Let me go to... Okay, so Eric is on the line. Eric is... It says here Mexican. Hey, Eric, how you doing, buddy? Yo, what's up, Preston? Como estas? Uh, ah, uh, muy bien. You too. Muy bien. Okay. You too. Uh, hey. So, uh, what's up, Steve? ¿Cómo estás? <laughs> what? What is now? Have you? Did you hear the last caller? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't hear the last one because I was waiting for the uh, the radio. But, All right. Uh, but he, yeah, basically, yeah. Go ahead. Well, he was saying cornudo. I think is what oh. he said. 
cornudos, like, basically, like, the, the, you're getting the horns. You know what I mean? Like, your girl's sticking it to you, you know what I mean, with some other guy. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. But, but, sa- but basically, go ahead. What? Uh, but Sancho is, is a similar type of response? Exactly. It's like, basically, all right, so check this out. You, right. you get one sneeze in, and, and then your boys are like, okay, salute. Okay, gracias. Okay, sneeze again. Salute. Okay, the third one. Sancho. You know what I mean? Just, just messing with them. You know what I mean? Okay. I so it's usually that. on the third one? See if they catch on to it. You know what I mean? What would you say? Sancho. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love like, this. Like, I like wanted to that. learn Spanish in high school, and they sent they, 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 they. I ended up with French, but the French is good too. But I, was, I would love to. I would love to know Spanish. Here's, here's another one for you, right quick, right? Right. It's like 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 today a hot day, right? You see, you see your boys out there work. You'd be like, hey, it's hot today. You know? And they were like, what? Take a little closer. It's hot away. What? 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 You know, you know, basically, you know, you'll figure it out later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Eric. That's hilarious, dude. Thanks for letting us know, man. We appreciate it. All right, man. You guys have a good one. Later, All right. man. All right. See you. Bye. All right. Oh, that's my. That's really funny. That's great. I All didn't right. know that. That's, that's, um. No, no. I never knew about the progression. I, you know, I like the progression from one sneeze to the yeah. second sneeze. To the, yeah. But they all seem to tap out at three. After, I guess after that, you just become annoying. Health, money, and love is the other one. Uh, and then the last thing. Do I have time for this last one? Mm-hmm. Uh, the video call sneeze without a handkerchief. This is the unprepared personality type, uh, Robin says. The one who goes on a video call without a handkerchief. And I was on a video call recently with someone who sneezed very visibly. As he didn't have a handkerchief, he spent the next five minutes surreptitiously trying to clean his face while it's trying to appear not to be doing so. These character types are often confu- the confused professor types. Uh, probably better right? to not um, go out in public if you just openly sneeze into, onto your screen while you're right. conducting a video yeah. conference. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Personality traits of sneezers. Interesting. We're going to take a break, come back, and get to the Bizarre Five stories. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.